to the Made in Vault podcast, the A Song of Ice and Fire reread podcast focused on the female point of view chapters. I'm Court. And I'm Mike. And this week we are diving back into episode 17, Sansa 3. Sansa 3. Yeah. 17 episodes and we've only gotten three Sansa chapters. Yeah. A lot of cat. As we continue to, to know and, and point out and say, yeah. 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 It's good to be back with Sansa. It is. It's always fun to be with I've Sansa. I've been worried about her you. since after the feast. Yeah, that was a bad day. Yeah, that was a rough day. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of, since you're glad to be back with her, what did you get out of this chapter? Would you say, like, what was your most, I don't know, pulled from theme? Hmm. I'm saying pulled from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I got you. It's kind of like, what did I see as like a something that we kept coming back to over the course of the chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, and having just read that cat chapter, I think it's actually in 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 a good contrast here because I think so much of this chapter is about Sansa. I mean, one, it's a Sansa chapter, so that's about Sansa. I mean, more so in like everything that's around her and the way that she's taking it in. But, like, the other major force in this chapter, um, other than the thoughts and feelings of her father, which are ever prevalent, which is something we don't really get a chance to talk a lot about, um, you know, Sansa at Ned, (laughs) um, is Arya. I saw a lot of parallels with the last chapter, which had the Tully sisters. Mm -hmm. This has the Stark sisters. And and I saw it as one of those things of we got to see where Lysa and Kat's relationship ended up. And my hope is that we will not get to see that repeated uh, here. Obviously, knowing what we know, we know very different things about like where both of them end up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, not more, end up. Well, obviously going, not end up, but, but where yeah. they're headed. Um, but like right here in this moment in present in it, I saw a lot of Sansa having very particular thoughts about her sister. Yeah. Her sister reacting to those in real time. And then the two of them kind of coming to terms with things very differently, but in a way where, I I don't know, like I have younger sisters myself, but being the the oldest male, I see things very differently than they they do. And I wonder if like my two or three youngest sisters see things differently between just them in a way that I just, I'm I'm not looking for. Like, hey, like something as simple as them going to eat is a very different situation for them than it is for me being there and thinking about like what I would accomplish while being together with them. Mm -hmm. So I know that there's more to this chapter and I think you probably touched a little on that based on what, what you pulled from it. But I love the idea that we got to see Kat and Sansa together and it didn't just have to be under like, Actually, no, that's a bullface lie, because it's always under the context that they're always in trouble. Cat and Sansa? You mean Cat or Arya and Sansa? I mean Sansa. Arya and Sansa, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> it's just, thinking about Sansa, I think about Cat. Yeah. And it's it's so wild, because we're so quick to go, yes, she is her mother's daughter. Uh-huh. And we say a lot for Arya how much she is like reminiscent of Ned, but I think, for the most part, this chapter showed me how much they are both like their mom. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I I can ramble on forever, but please tell me what, what you what you think you got out of this chapter. That's crazy because like of course I did get the obvious Sansa and Arya dynamic. I 
it's weird because I didn't even think to put the cat lice. I mean, usually I do, but in this chapter in particular, I wasn't even pulling it that it was coming right off of the back of cat mm-hmm. and Lysa's situation. It's really only because it. we just read that. Yeah, but I mean, like that's a really interesting pull. Um, and it's but it's interesting that you say that you got a lot of Sansa as cat this chapter because mm-hmm. I saw a lot more Sansa as Ned. This chapter, like the biggest pull for me, I think, was just how much Sansa's relying on, you know, songs and and fairy tales and those things are slowly coming, they're slowly unraveling for her. Mm -hmm. And like just how she just is so, she's so adamant about making sure and proving true what she needs the world to be yes versus what she she knows there are certain you know you know she knows that everything isn't about songs and nights and things like this but she would just much rather it be that way which i totally understand she's a 12 year old kid and that's just how Don't it's going to be we all want a version of the world that is of the one that we think it should be it is but it's also it, it we talk ab- about this specifically when it where it pertains to her a lot but I think this chapter for me really started to drive home the fact that like she's not like I think my biggest pet peeve with the way that people like kind of criticize this particular character is that it's you know she's stupid because she believes in these things. The thing is, I don't think she's dumb at all. I think that she understands that the things that she wants to believe are true are not always true, but that's kind of her comfort zone. That's her safe place. Oh, also, yeah. she's really starting to take to heart the lessons that are being taught to her. And we see it multiple times. There are just certain things that she comes to. And again, it, very reminiscent of how Danny deals with and copes with things. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's the biggest pull that I got from it. But hands down, her and Arya's relationship is is probably the biggest um, amplifier of that entire thing. Because for Arya, who's not yet been taught these things, is not nearly as important to her. And Sansa cannot for the life of her understand why not. Um, we see it a lot with Jane as well. So yes, you know we'll get. Yes, we do actually. <laughs> we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, okay. no, we'll get into it. So, you want to start us off, or where we where we start in this chapter? Yeah, and just absolutely. Going through and so, this chapter opens up with Sansa and Jane. Yep, and they're sitting and they're having dinner, um, which is weird because every time up to this point, at least from what we've seen in in past chapters is they would have dinner, at least together with some of the other men of the house, and they would sit together and they would eat. Most of the time, Ned wouldn't be there because he has work. Well, remember, Arya said it depended, because the last time we saw Arya, she was with Mordain and Sansa and Jane mm-hmm. and Ned's guys and all that stuff, but that wasn't normal. Arya said normally, though, their father would try to have dinner with the two. Oh, the, just they the would three eat in his solar. Yeah. But yeah, so he's supping with just his men. Why? Well... Because of an error that was made, and he got hurt on the job. An error? Yes, an error. What kind made, of error? He made some kind of a mistake where he was in a space where he probably wasn't supposed to be, and... Speak plainly for the audience. I am speaking very plainly. He had a workplace accident, and he had to call OSHA, and and I don't mean the character. I know what you I mean. mean. You mean like OSHA laws? Yes, OSHA laws to make sure that he was being fairly compensated for his injury at work. He's laid up in his room while, you know, do you really just want me to say it? Is that what it is? I don't like saying his name, 
Because once I invoke him, he can't go away. It's no, like I'm just saying. saying I'm just saying that he's been. We know that. I can do it if you don't want to say it. I mean, if you say his name, I have to say it two more times to banish him. See what I have to deal with, peeps. I know it's terrible, right? See what I have to deal with. I just, just, I mean, I just say no, for context, He's, like Ned, his, Ned his, got he injured. can't, yeah, he got injured because he can't, like, he cannot come to be with them today or he wants to rest, even though it seemed like he was still holding court, but we'll get back to that in a second. Yeah. Um, but basically, Ned got into a fight and really wasn't a fight. He was ambushed by Jamie. Yep. On the streets while trying to do some stuff. We will, again, when we get there, actually talk about it, mm-hmm. but. He's messed up, so he really has to rest in his room. He can't really walk about and do things. Yeah. But so this actually posed the question because before you said that, she she specifically says and states, like as she's having this conversation with mm-hmm. Jane, that you know earlier in the day, her dad was holding court and making decisions. So I I would ask you, after you finish going through setting up the scene, I'm sorry for cutting um, you off. No, but go ahead. I just don't understand the through line there like I and again I might sound so absolutely vapid when it comes to these things but like I really don't understand like he was fine or maybe it was literally just that he spent all his energy sitting in the throne room and, and it, it might have been and that and, and then he was just like had to go afterwards I have to go and I have yeah. to rest and I don't want to do just the rest be by myself for a little yeah. bit which or, seems, or handle business from there yeah. yeah that just seems to be the stark dude way like the word should be be alone but yeah <laughs> also Jamie Jamie now it's gone um <laughs> So they are sitting there and they're having dinner, um, and they're they're supping together. And it looks like Jane and and Sansa are kind of talking about like their day, right? Yeah, yeah. Because this is kind of like their wind down. They uh-huh. get a chance to be together. And we talked a little bit before, and it was something that I don't think I put in my notes explicitly, but I kind of would like to talk about real quick, oh, which yeah, is yeah. how do you think? Jane and Sansa's relationship is now, today, like where we are. That's weird because I had the same question because like going back off like, okay, so we know that they're sitting there alone. And Mordain also said that she was tired because mm-hmm. I'm guessing that when Ned held audience, they also were required to, they be, had to there be there and She see. talks about her feet hurt. And she just said, hey, I can't do it. So they the kids mentioned that food was cold by the time they got upstairs. Mm-hmm. Of which I was just like, that's odd. I thought that they would like have like you know White House service or something like that, like be like, yo, like food on demand for. I guess sometimes, but, but I if guess you eat late, if you eat too late, I mean, also there are no refrigerators or microwaves, so I understand. Yeah. Like once so you make a meal, you cold. make a meal. Yeah. Um, but um, it's very strange because I had the idea of like, well, what does Jane do? Because Sansa is recalling her day or recounting her day to Jane as if Jane were not there herself because she wasn't. So I don't know what their relationship is like now because I would imagine that Sansa spends a lot more time away from Jane now. And I had the same thought, really. I'm just like, one, what is their relationship like? But then two, what does Jane do all day now? Because before, when they were in Winterfell, they would both be, you know, minded by the Septas and they would Mm -hmm. both go to their lessons and they would be together all the time. And when they weren't in lessons, they were out being messy towards Arya. Um, but I don't know. I think it's starting to maybe turn into the relationship that I think it's meant to be where Sansa's going to be queen and she needs a lady in waiting and that's what Jane's going to be. Yeah. Except Jane isn't waiting on her all day, maybe because she doesn't have that status yet. I'm not sure. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I'm kind of treating it like they both were in the same school when they were local. Yeah. 
Sansa has now been fast tracked into like the MG program or like a college track. Okay. And Jane has decided like, hey, um, I'm actually just cool hanging out here. Well, Jane not saying decided, that she. Well, but... that's what I mean. I'm I'm doing it more for like my. Yeah. Allegory. It's like, hey, guess what? She's staying home. She's not going to need the the additional training because I do think it's kind of weird that no matter what, she wouldn't be spending that time with her and the Septa. Yeah. Considering. Where would she be? What would she be doing? That's one of those weird things of I hope we get a little bit more context to figuring out her day because a big part of this whole read is figuring out how these relationships go and how they all work together. And if we get these little like vignettes of her being with Jane, but then it being like, cool, I'm around Jane. And as this kind of wears on, we kind of see that Sansa could be fine all by herself. I mean, yeah. But I, do you think is, that that's training comfort, though? That's actually really interesting because we talk sure. about like we talk about Sansa's expectations for what it means to be a court, what court, you know, the entire like function of it, how it works, mm-hmm. and how it's supposed to work in her in her mind perfectly. What then will be her role? I have a lot to say about it when something comes up okay. because I think about like you, you make a really good point about her being alone. And I think in her mind specifically, and not even just her mind, just like you think about the way that they talk about Queens. Queens are very distant from other women. It already, like women in this world are already distant from other women. Mm-hmm. Queens so much more so. And Sansa is now training to become a queen. So it's, um, so it's, it's you know, different. It's, yeah. So, so the, the lessons that Septa Mordain is teaching Sansa Jane doesn't have to learn, and Jane isn't allowed to really learn because it's not for her to learn. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah. So I'm going to move forward just yeah. a little bit in time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're sitting and they're kind of gossiping. Mm-hmm. And Sansa's recounting, you know, the, the beginning of her day where she's like, hey, my dad, you know, figured out and decided that he wanted to bring Gregor Clegane, the mountain, to the king's justice. Um, Gregor has been doing some wild stuff out in yes. is he in the riverlands he's in Riverland. so he's out doing wild boy stuff in the riverlands yep. in all of his wisdom ned was like yo i want to bring him to justice sansa's recounting like hey this is great because guess who's going to get an opportunity to show off how cool and heroic and awesome they are it's going to be loris <laughs> he's mad pretty he's mad strong and he's mad young, and it's so cool, and I love it. And her father decides that Loris is not going to go after Gregor. Yep. In fact, he forbids it, and he makes a case for someone else deciding to to go after Gregor. So I'm, I'm kind of want to just go right into who that is instead of making it, because like, it doesn't have to be a surprise. Before we but, get there, because we know where it is, and I know where you're going with this. Yeah. But before, I have something to say. Okay. So first of all, I just think it was mad adorable that like Sansa is the president and founder of the Lord's Terrell fan club, and she is not even playing any, like she's not, she's not playing those games. She's just no. like, listen, this is like, this is a tragedy and a mistake, and my father literally cannot do his job right. Why is he even handed a cake? This is the equivalent he of her like do- posting on a message board, right? Oh, she's going off. She's yeah. venting. And the, the funny thing about it is Jane can't even commiserate with her because she's just like, well, I mean, but you said that he picked Lord Barrick, though. So, like, that's a good choice. 
and and because Jane is also the president and founding member of the Barrett Dardarian fan club, so they're just like it's like it's like Stan Twitter, right? It's Stan Twitter, and that's what it is. It's can that, can I read a quote real quick? Because I think it 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 goes into this. Oh, of course. Is that of is course, that okay? Of course, please. Okay, please. yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do that because if we're gonna, if we're going in, then oh, I love it. I have a direct quote. Her father's decision still bewildered her. When the Night of the Flowers had spoken up, she'd been sure she was about to see one of old Dan's stories come to life. Sir Gregor was the monster, and Sir Loris, the true hero, who would slay him. He even looked a true hero. Oh, I forgot this. So slim and beautiful with golden roses around his slender waist and his rich brown hair tumbling down into his eyes. And then father had refused him. It had upset her more than she could tell. So reading that quote, I really just have the one question. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think she feels like that? Hmm. That's interesting. Just because, I mean, it goes back into that whole entire thing of like expectations, right? And expectations of what court is supposed to be, what, you know, chivalry is supposed to look like, what valiant knights are supposed to look like. And it's just all a part of her teaching. The thing I, I'm interested in, though, it's funny because, like, she doesn't seem to understand the way Kat seemed to at her age. And, and I'm saying at her age, I'm only assuming this based on what she said the, the last chapter we just read when she yeah. was just like, you know, I'd grown up every single day seeing men fight. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been to a million tourneys. I know all this stuff. Sansa has never been to a tourney in her life. So I think the heightened excitement of like probably hearing these stories from her mom or other women. I'm I'm assuming Mordane is from the south just because Mordane. I mean they don't have scepters in the north, so I'm assuming that she would be from the south. I could. I mean I don't know if women from the north go to train as scepters. I don't know if people are allowed freedom like religious religious freedom yeah. in the north. I don't know, but I would assume that all of the women that she's surrounded by because. You're not getting it from Ned and them. Like they don't, they don't see the value in Tornies, really. I mean, the younger guys, like we said before, they were hyped to go, but yeah, like Ned was like psyched. And Ned went to a tournament before, but for him, like it's it, a man proves himself on the battlefield more so than on the tournament. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So for her, I think it's important because. And another thing is, I don't know how much like I, I from what we gather the boys and the girls are very separate in the North, like mm-hmm. the way that they train them. Like, it's not like Sansa will go and watch her brothers train or watch her father train every no, day. She was it doesn't seem thing. like that where it seemed like in the South, it, at least for cats, you know, and her very specific situation with, you know, basically being hostage heir until Edmure came around or, mm-hmm. and even after that, having her father kind of teach her how to run things. She was just around them a lot more. So for Sansa, all she has to go on about nights, which are very far and few between, we've said this a lot in the North, are stories and songs. And now her one first true encounter that was so exciting for her. And the, the boy literally drove up and gave her a rose and looked at her personally. And he's cute. She's a little girl. And she's just like, ah, I have my first crush yeah. outside of Joffrey. And like, yeah, I think for her, it just didn't make sense that, like, because she doesn't not equate winning a tourney or something like that with, battles like yeah you know what i mean she sees that as success she, she sees it as, as success and she would she doesn't understand how they don't necessarily correlate to being one the same which again i think is very 
it's 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 it points to the same thing I was saying before, where for her, like she she's seeing things in a very black or white nature. You know what I mean? There are heroes and there are monsters, and mm-hmm. Gregor Clegane is a monster without realizing that there are probably more men that fight in armies of great powerful lords mm-hmm. like Gregor like Clegane Gregor than there are like, than they like, are lords. like lords. And I'm, that's yeah. not to say that there aren't good men that fight on mm-hmm. both sides. I'm just saying as far as like the idea that Loris is a highborn who most of his life has been training to fight in tourneys, right? Not to say that he never wanted to go to, to war, but he's never been in one, and he's been fighting for the most part to get good so that he could go and win tourneys. Yes. Gregor literally exists to kill people, and if he can go and win tourneys and get some money, then... Then sure. Sure. <laughs> Why okay. not? And it's very interesting because, you know, I think Mordain was trying to kind of explain it to her, and, you know, then Baelish comes up and starts talking what he talks, and he tries to, you know, do his very, like, cryptic... Hey, I want to see if you're gonna have the right answer because I don't know. It's funny to test people's wits when I really think they're dumb thing. You he know loves how he being does. the quiz master. He's basically he like the Riddler. He is. Oh, I don't like him. Oh, who? Oh, Enigma. It's 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 wild because like I I definitely I I have something to say about Baelish. Yeah, go and, ahead. and I actually have a, a quote. Oh, from old Pete. Cool. But I think it's OP. it's important to to put that into context because it's like he sidles up because he's very good at sidling up on her, uh-huh. which I don't like. Um, the Sept is also not good at being perceptive enough to keep her away. Which facts? Why is that not happening? Facts. Like she, she never like noticed she him. She come, never noticed like him she, this dude. And it's not even like okay, maybe she can't keep him away because he is also a lord and he's on the small council and he's a very powerful person in that city. But, she's but like never she never aware. notices that he's just sneaking up. I'm just like. Does he have like an invisibility cloak or something? Probably. Like I don't understand. Anyway, it's he. He's showing. Yeah. No, no, no. You're good. <laughs> he's showing up because it's like, hey, I heard something that I could be a part of a conversation on. Because Sansa is still beside herself. She doesn't know why her dad would do this. And normally, she would just keep that to herself. She says out loud as much. That's dumb. And the Sept is like, hey, we don't do that. One. I need to train you so that you don't question men. Two, I think it's yeah. very important that you know that your father is infallible. He does not make mistakes. The reason that he does the things that he does is because he's very measured and he's a man. And it's just like, huh, what? And she's still yeah. kind of beside herself while yeah. Pete shows up and goes as such. Okay. Direct quote. That was when Lord Baelish had said, oh, I don't know, Septa. Some of her Lord Father's decisions could do with a bit of questioning. The young lady is as wise as she is lovely. He made a sweeping bow to Sansa, so deep, she was not quite sure if she was being complimented or mocked. Go ahead, go in. (laughs) Okay. So you know that for me, I think my favorite part of all of this reread, specifically when it pertains to and comes to Sansa, is that she is not unaware of how absolutely weird and creepy this dude is. No. And she mentions it, she mentions it every, every, time. Single time every single time he shows up. Um, what I do think is interesting, though, and I just had the thought as you read that one, again, I just had to give another applause. Good for her for realizing that he probably was trying to play her because he tries to play everybody and he thinks mm-hmm. it's funny. But he's also trying to get something from her. She just is not aware of it yet. Um I find it interesting, though, that she's not yet old enough to understand that heroes and monsters do not fall into 
very distinct visual categories. So mm-hmm. on the one hand, you have crazy monster murder man who's eight feet tall and just like the most monstrous vision on earth. He looks like a bad guy. And then pretty, you know, small little night guy who is just like dashing and handsome and sings and all that stuff. He looks like the hero. Yes, that is true. But monsters can also look like Peter Baelish. Mm -hmm. And that that is something that she's not yet learned. Because she's, again, when you think about the songs, the same way as like, why do some people, they look at, that's why I, I think I love the series so much because you have heroes and villains that look like all different kinds of things. And then sometimes heroes can stop being heroes and start being villains mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yes. Um, but usually when we're, usually when we're like, you know, confronted with, or like these things are put in front of our face, we can easily point out, okay, that person's wearing a certain color and they have a lot of dark clouds around them. They're bad guys. Mm-hmm. And that person wears a lot of bright colors and they're, they're handsome and they're nice and so they're, sweet, the good guys. so they're good guys, but somebody like Peter Baelish is somebody that is kind of a mix of both, right? So he he does not have good intentions. He has no good intentions whatsoever when it comes to her, but no. he doesn't go around murdering people with his hands. And he's he's small and slight and intelligent. Like so, here's another thing: we're we're taught that like Gregor Clegane, villains are stupid. They're dumb, right? They're really like specifically monsters, and I don't mean even just villains, but I mean like like actual like. You know, like like the 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 boss fight before the big boss fight, when the, yeah. before the, the the curtain is revealed mm-hmm. that it actually was oh, a wizard. Oh, it was Oz. actually me. It was the witch, right? It was it was all these things. So it's 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 something that she's going to have to learn. And I thought that that the first introduction of and you'll you'll see this littered throughout this entire chapter, but mm-hmm. that's the first instance of her not quite understanding that things are not always going to be. What, what they, what they're shown to be, or how she was taught to kind of detect good and bad, you know what I mean? And oh, and she because yeah. she doesn't, she she wasn't given the tools to learn how to detect those. And again, this is not her fault; she's a child. But I also I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah, there's um, a lot of combating that reality that's been presented to her, and when faced with the thing that we're sure of, you know, we want to bet. On, on that, right? Yep. And when we have to see, like, the naked truth of some things, mm-hmm. we, we do our best to kind of push that off. Like, I'd rather not. Don't, you know, it's like the equivalent of, like, oh, don't show me that. Don't show yeah. me that. Because her instincts are there. But it's there. She knows in her gut. She knows like, in her hey, gut that something ain't right. This isn't, what? Yeah. Something's off. Yeah. And also, something's real off with my dad right now. And, like, no one's asking any real questions. And it's, I think, because people... That's interesting. Don't you say feel that. the need or think because of a title. I I think it's something that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about a little later, but I'll talk about it right here because it just. I have a question real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Actually, was it pertaining to this? Because you can go ahead and I'll. Ask I mean, my was it pertaining to a song of ice and fire? You mean like something completely? No, different? it totally was. It was. It, it was. It was. It was. It was just that, like off the bat, like ask real quick. Question. Real quick. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't one hundred percent. You just said something. You said something like something is really off with my dad and like it's not right and you know basically he was making the wrong decisions. Why do you think that? Like personally like cuz I'm I'm not going to lie. I don't think Ned was wrong in choosing Barrick over Oh, Loris. I don't mean so much in like but choosing yeah. Loris. Yeah. I mean so much in 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 that like he was just attacked. Yes. He is injured. He is quite possibly beside himself still having to make sure that he does these things. We find out later that the reason why he's even here holding court is because after he was attacked, instead of being there, 
his best friend decided to go hunting. So, like, yeah. to me, that's because people look at that title, they see Hand of the King, they see the strength and the stoic nature of the Starks, and specifically Ned Stark, mm-hmm. and they go, well, you know, he's just going to have to, it's like, what, what do they tell you? It's just like, like, power through, or like, yeah. it'll get better, yeah. just wait, yeah, just wait. It's like, wait for what? I'm going to keep getting slapped in the face? That actually is that's a really good point. That's dumb as hell. <laughs> And to me, and I, Sansa doesn't, in, in so many words, ask that, mm-hmm. but I think she's in, she is heavily inferring towards why aren't more people questioning what it is that my dad is doing? And, and maybe that's because he's under duress and nobody can ask him why he's under duress. It's the same reason for like Sansa and Arya. No one's asking them if they feel super bad or if like things are going terrible. Mm. Like, for, from what I know, and I, I didn't go back and read the previous. That chapter, I really should have, because I wanted to see if at any point he decided to go talk to Sansa, because, like, she was traumatized by Gregor, or, or Sandor. I'm sorry. They're so interchangeable to me. One is just big. One is burnt. And... <laughs> wow. They're just the same dumb dog. And it's... Hey, Jav. Oh, yeah. I just channeled that. I felt it. I saw it, and I, I saw it, and I saw the curls, and I said, you dumb dog. Anyway... And, and, and no one questions any of that shit. But, like, to me, it's, I feel like she was in duress and, and, and no one checked up on her. Or maybe at some point, you know, we're filling in the blanks. And I think a lot of what we do sometimes is filling in the blanks for the way that we wanted to go. And yeah, of course. I guess that's what fan fiction is for. <laughs> it's 100% what fan fiction is for. <laughs> so, anyway. By the way, this podcast is not sponsored by AO3, but it should be. Anyway. Do they sponsor stuff? They don't. Aren't they in trouble all the time? <laughs> Are they? Like, I mean, like, don't they, aren't they supported by, like, donations and stuff Oh, like you that? mean like, in trouble as in of, like, like I mean, like, the actual site itself. Oh, I, no, I mean, they just have a thing where they're just like, if you want to donate, you should, which, yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. I read more AO3 than I read actual books. That's true. That's probably sad. I mean, it's not sad. You I can mean, cut that out. You don't have to. I don't need to cut that out. Yeah. I think fan fiction Actually, that's are, not true. I do read a lot of books that aren't is, is fan books. fiction. Yeah. For real. Some fan fiction better than books. So, factual. Moving on. We have Peter deciding that he wants to really make it known in his presence being around her that he he is in on something. Like, because for real, for real, like, he's one of the few people here that's in on this grand scheme of things that are going on around everyone at court. And he has to just be beside himself watching people try to put together all the wrong little puzzle pieces and not getting the bigger picture. But, you know, other than being I'm like... I'm shaking my head because he's so right right now, y'all. He's so right. Like, just, he's uh, just a complete jerk and he's a creep and he didn't need uh, to come towards Sansa. Also, before he's leaving, he's like, hey, girl, guess what? It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's like, yeah, it's cool. But, like, you know, because Sansa's like, oh, well, I'm questioning myself and I don't really know. And it's like, hey. Well, no, she did know. So, he, basically, he, he asked her... Why do you think Sir Loris would have been a better choice? And that's when she says, well, you know what? I can't even hold my tongue. And I'm, I, I have no choice but to tell you how it really is. Because I learned from all these stories that the heroes go out and they fight. And this is what it is. And she rattles it down. And Bayless goes, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, cool. That might be one thing. But, you know, this is really what it is, kind of. And, you know, one day you're going to learn that, like, the world isn't so sweet. And he, like, touches her face as he walks away and, like, caresses her cheek. And I'm just like, this is so creepy. Like, even if I felt a slight modicum of sadness for him and what 
happened between him and Brandon, even if I did, I'm not saying I did all the way. I'm saying even if I did, I would be put off by this. Yeah. And I'm put off by this because he constantly, he is a habitual line stepper. He's a mess. Yeah, he's constantly just going and out just, of his way. But to, the thing is, nobody, and Sansa is the only adult that we've encountered encountering him that sees this. And, and I love Cat to Death, y'all. You know this. Even she's not really, like, hip to it. She still ain't put, putting together that, hey, wait, something ain't adding up. And wait, why am I trusting Peter on all of this when I clearly have all these memories of me not even really banging with him like that? Yeah. It's crazy. She should trust her gut. Hey, what, what, do, they, what do they tell you? When people present the version of themselves to you the first time. Believe them. Believe them. Believe that. And Pete showed his ass. Yeah. And he's nasty. And I really wish the Septa had stepped in or at least been like, hey, we have to go and pulled her away or something. In her defense. And you know I can't. It's really hard for me to do so. Good luck. But in my, in her defense, in Mordain's defense, I really don't think. And like I said earlier, like I don't think that she really can. He outranks her, and he, like you said, he yeah. is a man. And also, she also is teaching Sansa this because she's been taught this, and she truly believes that men do have, like, you have to kind of give way. Sometimes you just yeah, gotta give I way. I get it. They have um, to acquiesce, and it sucks. It sucks. Um, but continuing on that line, like now we're back in the room because this is all the things that kind of went down while Sansa was mm-hmm. having her day. Yeah. Um, and then Jane is just like, okay, we'll come back to present girl. Like, well, what happened? And, you know, we start talking about again. She's like, well, she, he, he never sent Loris, and I'm just really upset about that. To which Jane was like, oh, well, wait. And I'm I'm Team Barrack. I just want you to know because I keep having to tell you this. But like, why didn't he send Ilan Payne? Because he's the King's Justice, and she's just like, girl, like you don't even know what you're talking. She by girl, she is Sansa. Sansa's like, no, that's not how that works. (laughs) And this is this is this is Dolores' time, and she's just like, um, I really don't understand why you're still on this. Like, it doesn't even make no sense. Um, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I have a direct quote. Okay, go ahead, go for it. Sansa shuddered. Every time she looked at Sir Ilan Payne, she shivered. He made her feel as though something dead were slithering over her naked skin. Sir Ilan's almost like a second monster. I'm glad father didn't pick him. Lord Barrick is as much a hero as Solaris. He's ever so brave and gallant. I suppose, Sansa said doubtfully. Barrick Dondarrion was handsome enough, but he was awfully old. Almost 22. The Night of the Flowers would have been much better. Of course, Jane had been in love with Lord Beric ever since she had first glimpsed him in the list. Sansa thought she was being silly. Jane was only a steward's daughter, after all, and no matter how much she mooned after him, Lord Beric would never look at someone so far beneath him, even if she hadn't been half his age. And so, I know I kind of paraphrased it before, but I'm like, oh, shoot, I remember I actually did write down that quote. So, yeah, so basically here... Again, is another instance in which Sansa is choosing to see what she, nobody's really checking in on them. So she's coping the best way she can. And these stories are just like, it's, again, her actually seeing nice in in real life is like going to AO3 for her. It's just like, all right, cool. This is the version of this story that I want to happen. And Jane, you bringing up this dude who scares me mostly because of his physical, his physical nature. I don't like it. And you're bothering everything that I have going on here. So step out of my bubble. Mm -hmm. Also, by the way, and she doesn't say this. So she does the thing in this instance that does remind me of Kat, where she thinks in her mind, yo, you are not worthy 
of this type of life. And it's kind of dumb that you're even thinking it because like everything that I've ever been told is that people like me get what they want and people like you don't. So I'm real sad for you. But she doesn't say it out loud because she's also been told you don't be rude to your friends yeah. and you don't hurt people's feelings. And she definitely, she Jane is her friend. Like there's no answers about it. Absolutely. Jane is her friend and she cares about her. And she's like, I don't really want to hurt her feelings. But for her, it's just like, okay, well, of course you're going to ride for him. But like, girl, I, I wish I there was a way for me to tell you, don't get your hopes up. And like, it's very interesting because again, here we have all these socializations coming in with the classism that we see between her and Jane. And that's another reason why, like they can't be together all the time because there has to be separation, right? Sansa has to mm-hmm. one day ascend every single woman in the realm and become the most important woman that exists. And Jane is never going to be able to be that way. So there has to be some like, it's it's, it's almost like, and I hate bringing, no, I'm not gonna go there. Nope. Okay. Nope. Then don't. Nope. Then don't do it. Actually, if you really don't feel comfortable. It's. I mean, it's. It's any story that you ever see, of, children that would play together. And my mind went specifically to. And this is not the same. I am prefacing this with it is not the same. So I'm not. Please do not hound me. This is just the first thing, place where my mind went. It's. Because Jane is not an enslaved person, and this is not the same. But it's. It's any story you've ever heard of like during slavery where slave master's children would play with slave children and then there became a certain point in which they realized their roles in the world and things just had to change. And that's 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 anywhere. But that's anywhere. That's that's in any you. kind of class that like separation in which children play together and yeah. then you just grow up and We're that's, cool that's what's you happening. Can't be and because guess what? Society says exactly, here are your roles exactly play your part. Play your class. Exactly. And that's I got it. That's what's happening. Um and um I also thought it was interesting her perceptions of what again is a, an acceptable knight or spouse or or a handsome man or anything like that again is all based on the fact that like if she's eleven, Loris is sixteen, seventeen is a grown man. That mm-hmm. is a man grown, but she don't want to go no 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 higher than that. I think about like me being that age and thinking beards were weird and like chest hair was weird. Yeah, and she's like, and I'm I don't just like, like I don't that like stuff. that. That is not for me. Did you say Beric is twenty two? Ill, go away nasty old dude think about how i don't know like your youngest siblings talk to you it's like how how would zoomers talk to us they're like oh you old decrepit people oh my it's goodness. like we're yeah. young we're thriving <laughs> i hope <laughs> blood still courses through my veins but yet my brother would tell me it's like oh life's over for you huh i'm like you're not that far off yeah buddy <laughs> yeah they, they don't see it but again that's that's, that's how, they, how perceive they perceive time and time all that. Yeah. and that and that makes Absolute perfect sense. Um, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on that? Like, why do you, not even why, but like, what did you think about how she, because another big thing, and and I I think I want to focus on Sansa's perceptions without blaming Sansa for her thoughts, because again, it's very important to understand why they're there, specifically since she doesn't act on them. Specifically, since she's not going around saying, and and we will get to later, there will be a spat between her and Arya where she does say some things that, you know, I mean, she gets they provoked, aren't the nicest, so. they are the nicest, um, but yeah, she's provoked. But you, you know, what happens when you get backed in a corner? What is that acceptable though? Because some not people can say that you know, like dog, like dog, what? It happens. Yeah, I, I mean, it happens, but 
there are certain times in which that happens that are inexcusable. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying that that happens in this chapter. What I'm saying is you can't say, like, you backed me into a corner so I called you all kinds of slurs. Like, no, that was always in your heart. You was always going to say that. And the same thing is these things are on Sansa's heart, but they're not, even in anger, she doesn't come out and say things like that to Jane. Okay, um, no, that's But I don't know fair. if... I don't know how much I should hold her accountable for that. It's the same thing with Kat. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Same thing with, you know, it's like how any people. Any of their training yeah. get them to that place. I think, like, you and asking me that is more like, hmm. I, I, I saw it in, in a way where I kind of went in another direction okay. of seeing Santa kind of pull back the curtain on the barrack stuff and being like, well, hey, he's too old for you anyway. I almost saw that as, as being kind of protective of Jane in, in her space because it's like, for real, for real, Barrett shouldn't even be in a space where he should be thinking about you because you're a little girl. You're a child, yeah. So I, I almost really did not even see that as a opportunity for her to be dismissive of the fact that that's not something that Jane could ever attain because that's she knows that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to say as much. And like you said, just like her mom, she knows at what point what courtesies need to be extended yeah. and kind of when she can press her luck. Yeah. And this was not this was not one of those opportunities for her to press her luck with Jane because she wasn't looking to hurt her feelings. She just wanted to tell her the real, but also mostly she wanted to get through her story <laughs> and not be bothered by it. I think another big thing is... Doesn't she say at one point, like, yo, like, she hates being interrupted? Yeah. I've never felt something so much in my life. Jane was just like, hey, <laughs> you know, I saw your sister. Yeah! Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scream into the mic, but yeah, you're right. Thanks for bringing me and back around like, to yeah, that. I, because I saw your sister, and she's like, I don't really don't want to talk about that but pause but pause and look at me interrupting sorry um there goes what jane does all day <laughs> she stalks <laughs> Does she stalk aria and it's just like yo like again veon doesn't watch his daughter none of these well, men watch their daughters no. there's no like handler for her because again she's not you said the handler? daughter yeah, I, that's what they call them <laughs> no like, I, I got you i just that, like on set you know they call a, them really they call them baby wranglers Ooh. Yeah, yeah, like it's just like you have to wrangle the children because they'll they'll run all over the place. But listen, Van's not watching her. Mm-hmm. Mordain is busy with Sansa. Yes, they have a last name, which means that they don't come from maybe a great house, but they they come from a house that has a name at least, which means that they have some kind of funds, right? Yeah, there's no other extra septa to watch Jane or to give her like activity books or something to do all I mean, day or to teach that, her. Not that came with them because she just seemed like she's just able to just kind of explore. Like, I'm not going to hold you. I would be OK with knowing what Jane does all day. Like, I would be OK with somebody writing a one shot about Jane. Here's what Jane did. And this Red is what Keep Jane did. In today. Red Keep. OK, cool. Beans. You know what I mean? Hey, because like it. that would be that would be mad interesting. You saying get on it like I'm me. Saying get on it. I mean, anyone. me, the person who I'm, can't I'm, finish I'm, anything. I'm putting out a bounty. Whoever can finish yeah, can the y'all fan do that? first Ashley, that is a contest. and present it to me, I'll do something. I don't know. Yeah. Bounties well, usually come with rewards. I don't know what a gift is. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. And she's still <laughs> trying to bother Arya. So. Um, and I'm not laughing at it because, again, she's still coming with that incorrect energy where she's just like, well, your sister is X, Y, Z and blah, 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 blah. And Sansa knows all this. Mm-hmm. And Sansa feels all this. And they both feel all this. 
But Sansa could not care less because, again, she wasn't done her story and Jane's not listening. Um, yeah, there's that. Yeah. That happens. And so to cut her off, because Jane starts going in and she starts talking about that. Um, actually, before she starts talking about Arya, to cut her off, talking about like the idea that she didn't want to say anything about um, Jane being too poor. Yeah, and too, basically like too, too she's low-born. not high-born enough yeah. to be in that space. To be in that, uh, like, not even be in that space. To, she's not high-born enough to really be ever thinking seriously about a match between her and Beric. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just like, alright, cool, let me change the subject. I had a dream, girl, and I had a dream that Joffrey was the one to kill the Whiteheart, and I have a quote. Go ahead, yeah. hit me with it. I had a dream that Joffrey would be the one to take the Whiteheart, she said. It had been more of a wish, actually, but it sounded better to call it a dream. Everyone knew that dreams were prophetic. White hearts were supposed to be very rare and magical, and in her heart, she knew her gallant prince was worthier than his drunken father. A dream? Truly? Did Prince Joffrey just go up to it and touch it with his bare hand and do it no harm? No, said Sansa. He shot it with a golden arrow and brought it back for me. In the songs, the knights never killed magical beasts. They just went up to them and touched them and did them no harm. But she knew Joffrey liked hunting, especially the killing part. Only animals, though. Sansa was certain her prince had no part in murdering Jory and those other poor men. That had been his wicked uncle, the Kingslayer. She knew her father was still angry about that, but it wasn't fair to blame Joff. That would be like blaming her for something that Arya had done. And lots to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Um, first of which is, again, she's showing... That she under she does understand the difference between fairy tales and real life. Yes. She does understand the bending of the rules for people that in her head, like, so killing is bad is as long as it's people, but it's not bad when it's animals and it's not bad when Joffrey does because Joffrey's doing it for fun and he's not mm-hmm. bad. He's just gonna do this one thing yeah. to do this, this thing. This isn't malicious. Yeah. Also, Sansa kinda also thinks it's dumb to go hunting and only touch animals and do them no harm. Yeah. That's what I got from that. I mean, I could be completely wrong. No, you I think you're on um, that one. Jane is Jane is this also leads me to believe that Jane has also been taught to parrot and to to take pride in these stories because she knows all the stories as well, just as much as Sansa. And that's what they bond over. They talk mm-hmm. about these stories and it's just like It's like the white. Like heart. I don't know when like you like I don't know. I know you talk about like your sisters like watching them grow up and they're not too much younger than you, but like mm-hmm. I remember like Fridays being like so hyped to go with my friends to go and buy the new teen magazines and be like, oh, and this again, before I'm dating myself, this is before like you could just go on Instagram and see what your favorite whatever person was doing. You're about to be like Tiger Beat and Heck yeah, it was like all that, all those, all those. And like, you know, you would just get it and you would sit and you would giggle and you would trade posters. trade posters. Yeah, you know. Um, And that's basically what they're doing. But Sansa's just like, listen, I don't have to do that anymore because I got the real real and that's Joff and he's here in real person. So, I know that, like, the gossip that you got from these little stories ain't even true because Joffrey's like, I'm actually going to hunt this joint for you, So, which is very interesting because for her, looking at somebody like Loris, who is much more likely to be, like, a closer analog to the story mm-hmm. of which somebody would go up and be, like, gentle and kind of stuff, she's just like, she wants that because she's taught to want that, but she also knows Joffrey at this point is none of those things. He's not gentle and kind. I mean... All right, let me take that back. It's not that he can't be because he has exhibited yeah, to her he that he can be, to be, but he also can be the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And 
but that also signifies strength to her because that's another thing. It's very weird because she sees somebody like her dad or anybody else. People have, you know, men that have been in these wars and they go hunting and they do man-man's things. And that's good as well. It's just as good as being flowery and knightly and things. And so I think these two ideals are kind of warring within her. Um, so much so that she, again, she lists more monsters, right? She just like, she understands that most of the time they're going to look like Gregor. Most of the time they're going to look like Ellen Page. Sometimes they can be like the Kingslayer. And his uncle is wicked. Joffrey is good. That wasn't his fault. He didn't do those things. That was his bad uncle. Joffrey is good. Joffrey is good. And I'm going to say it one more time. Joffrey is good. And I don't know if that's more a mantra for herself or is it more so a thing where she feel? and again, at the tail end, what does she do? She brings in the idea of like, well, that would be akin to somebody telling me that I'm in trouble because of something Arya did. Mm-hmm. Because that also is very important yes. to her. And I'm kind of rambling now. Um, no, 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 because that's a very real fear yeah. that, that, that she has, is that at some point she's going to to mischaracterize someone. Yeah. And, and, and that could be a mark on her. Like, yeah. You know, she brings that all around. And like you said, talking about, straight up monsters like your Gregors. Her to her, the ill and pains of the world. Mm-hmm. She's also just like, hey, guess what? It's like Joffrey can be all these things while also embodying that strength and character without being anything like his father. Yeah. So it's just yeah, like it's very yeah. clear and it is very important to her to draw that distinction because for all intents and purposes, Robert is her king. Mm-hmm. But she sees and she's been able to see firsthand yep the reality of of these stories so it's like like you said i think a lot of this this chapter is really just sansa living in and outside of the matrix it really is just like here's the reality here's the stuff someone pulls her out Mm -hmm. and she knows what the world looks Mm -hmm. like in between the seams she knows what people are good what people are kind of bad just based on the metrics that have been provided to her but it's still important for her to 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 like and live in the facade. Yes. We, we get time and opportunity time and time again in this chapter for her to go, well, that sucks. And she grits her teeth mm-hmm. and she remembers her pleasantries. Yes. And just like her mother, her mouth hurts from the courtesies. Yes. And she's like, well, whatever. Actually, you're right. So I think, I think moving through this chapter, we get so much of the way that Sansa ends up showing us just how much she is like her mother and the way that she sees those. And I think one question I really had coming through this chapter was, do you think Sansa puts as much stock into prophecies as her mom does? Because she talks about this dream in very like vivid detail. Well, she talks about the dream in vivid detail, but she also says it really wasn't a dream, which is what she was hoping. But she knew and understand that, that it was prophetic Mm -hmm. to see those things that, that that being all of that together, that being Joffrey. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like, we've said it so many times. I, I, ha- I have to just, and this, again, is us filling in the blanks and what we want. Mm-hmm. But these are just feelings that we both have, and I know that I share with you that I think they had to have been so very close, her or her mother. And I think that Kat, for lack of any other real friends to talk to, I mean, like we said, she probably busted up with Nan from time to time. Hey, guess what? Everybody talks about Nan, so she's important. You know, Nan's man important, but sometimes, you know, she, it probably was very important to her because I, I, I guess at this point, I'm not sure. Like like I said, it's only estimate. Like, I'm, I can only estimate 
how long it was before she lost her mother. I'm guessing it was around this age for Sansa as well. I'm guessing it was around this age that she lost Manisa, who's Cat's mom. By okay, cool beans. Thank you. Um, I'm like, yeah. oh, Manisa. I'm sorry. Yeah, Manisa. Uh, Manisa went Tully. That is that is Cat and Lysa and Emil's mother. Um, that we talked about before past. Yes. After giving birth to her fourth child. Home going, home going. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, I just think that she knew that that what that loss did for her, she never wanted her daughter to experience, which is why even, again, like, is it a struggle for her to kind of get Arya to do the things that she knows the the, the world that they live in are going to require of her? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is, but that's still her baby girl, and she really wanted specifically to have a bond with her and then also to have her and her sister have a bond, which... And to be fair, I think Ned wants the same, but we'll see it later. I think he's just Ned, and he yeah, don't know how just, to. He, he don't know how to doing that. Stuff. Yeah. he don't. Yeah, um, and, and that's not to excuse. That is just an obs- observation. So yeah, I I I do think that to answer your question, I do think that she does because I think it was taught to her by her mom, the same way okay. as I think Arya does too. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. think so. Yeah, this chapter makes that very clear. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know, like, if you wanted to keep going or... I oh, no, no, because there, there are a couple other things that I think were important to just pull out in the throne room of stuff that they were talking about. Because Sansa very clearly goes like, hey, we need to circle this conversation back around yeah, yeah, yeah. to the stuff that I think is uh-huh. cool to me. So let me tell you about everything else that was going on. So yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, my dad basically was like, hey, Barrick, you're going to go. So yeah, he yeah. decided for Barrick, yay. And... <laughs> Then this old Jane dude, is like, yeah. Jane is like, yes, which okay. So this dude shows up who's real old and real smelly, and Sansa's like looks like he has lice. Oh yeah. And I wrote down that he looked like he probably had bed bugs. They probably had bed they bugs. They probably had bed bugs. They did. They did. And it's Yorin of uh-huh. the Night's Watch. He's here looking to gain men to come back for the watch. So he's like, hey, I'm going to come ask all you southern lords. I need the king to help. The king is not here, so Ned is answering in his stead. Ned gets up. He's like, well, he probably still sent down. And he's like, hey, um... <laughs> Should we probably yeah, can't he, go yeah, anywhere. He can't, he can't go anywhere. Oh, he's like, hey, um, any of y'all dudes here, any of y'all high lords, uh, y'all got any people to go to the night's watch? And it's like in class when the teacher's like, I asked a question and nobody rushes to raise their hand. Absolutely not a single person in this room. All these great, wonderful high lords, and nobody rushed to raise their hand and offer any of their men or people to the cause of the Night's Watch. We all know how important it is, but yet nobody knows how important it is, um, up to and including Ned, because he also does not offer any of his own men into the service of the Night's Watch. I'm harping on this because I think that it, it sucks. He then goes to say... Do you think Ned has never given his people to I'm that? I'm not he, saying he never yeah. has, but considering who he is, Warden of the North and Hand of the King... Yeah. He hasn't offered enough. Well, he can't. He has very limited people. Cool. Sure, he does. He down, has, down south, I mean. He has the entire north at his beck and call. Well, he probably sent the Listen, send a raven. look at me defending Ned. I'm yeah. just saying, he could probably have said, he could have been like, listen, on your way back, you can have some people. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. but he doesn't say that. He says, hey, dog, we have some nasty dudes in the dungeons. You can have your pick of the litter. Whatever you want. Also, isn't that an individual person's choice if they wanted to take the black? Like, can a lord just be like, it can be, but I'm willing to bet if you're a random dude living in the winter town and Ned Stark is like, hey, guess what? You're joining a watch today. You can't just be like, ooh, no. (laughs) 
You're joining the watch today. Anyway, he's going in about here's what else we have available. And Jane's like, that's mad boring. <laughs> Jane really said, yo, I'm not going to hold Jane is you, like, homie. I'm actually I'm falling asleep. asleep. <laughs> I said that. And I'm I like, said the same thing when I was reading it. I wrote in my notes. I said, girl, me too. I'm like, dang, that's rough. So Jane's like, yo, is there any more food left? Do is there even like cause she knows Let's what, go check. She knows what Sansa's trigger word is. She's like, yo, is there even any lemon cakes? Sansa's like, shit. Sansa's I hate like, being interrupted, but you're right. <laughs> I could go for a lemon cake. You're right. <laughs> and it's funny because then they go and they find there were no lemon cakes, but they found some cobbler somewhere. And they were just like, all right, cool. We're gonna have our little berry, whatever, our pie. And they were, you know, sitting up late, gossiping in the hallway, just chilling, doing what girls do, kids do, not even just girls, but you know, they was up and they was homies and they was just sitting there on the Before steps. Before we get into it, can I read my my short quote? Oh, you have a quote about yeah. it? No, no, no. Do I it. Because I thought that this was do it. the best thing. Direct quote. They ate it on the tower steps, giggling and gossiping and sharing secrets. And Sansa went to bed that night feeling almost as wicked as Arya. That's where I wanted to get to. And okay. that's why I wanted to read the quote. Okay. Because I think that it leads right into what you wanted to say. <laughs> this poor girl, man. This is what I mean. Like, one, her litmus of what is bad and good, specifically behavior for herself, is how bad is Arya? If I don't reach to this level, then, then I'm, I'm not, not bad. bad. <laughs> and it's just like, as an older sister, I feel it. I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, the fact that she said that she felt like she was almost doing what Arya does. And we know, listen, love Arya to death. That is my baby boo. As is Sansa. They both my kids. I love them both. Arya be up to some real wild shit. Arya's bad. Arya. Arya is bad. Arya literally <laughs> knocked down listen, the prince. Are listen, you kidding me? I don't care about that. You don't care about her knocking over Tommen? You're oh, a lie. Over oh, oh, my baby son? You're a lie. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. That's not what I mean. But she she knocked him over because she really was just like, yo, I can't be caught today. Which I'm talking about just the other. I mean, she literally interrupts people's days on the regular chasing cats. No, I got you. And is dirty and don't like to take baths. And, and we're not getting into that. But what I'm saying is the fact that Sansa thinks that her and Jane stand up a little late to gossip on the steps with some dessert is bad that's why what are they teaching her and how repressed is this child becoming because they are teaching her that she cannot be outside of the zone right they're teaching her that you have to be prim and proper and always 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 the, a little if they say little lady one more time i think i might scream she's 11 she's an actual child like she's not even a pretend child she ain't a, she's she's a child period mm -hmm. no i'm full agreement she's with not you. an almost grown woman she's not even a half woman she's no. a child and they're telling her if you stay up late and you eat treats they're basically saying you're like a gremlin and if you yes. also get wet you're going to die <laughs> or become a monster and that's how she feels and i thought that that was so interesting because i'm just like look at her and i mean the thing is i really think that she does like crave adventure and she wants like to 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 to, to go out and do all these things because she knows all this stuff and and it's something that I forgot to bring up when we were talking about Kat. Mm -hmm. Or or we comparing how she feels about tourneys and things like that about Kat. Or how, sorry, how Sansa feels about tourneys versus how Kat was describing how she used to feel about it. And Kat started to really, and maybe I did say this, I don't know, maybe I'm just double backing on something I already said, but like 
I had the question of whether or not Kat was interested in swordplay for herself because she knew all of the technology. She knew all of the moves. I mean, she we answered that things. question. But, I think she was. She just couldn't say it out loud. But that's what I'm saying. But like with Sansa, I wonder if that's another thing too, or and if she's just buried it oh, down, and, and maybe that's why she. That but at the same time, Sansa seems very, very not interested at all in dirty or anything like that. Like, she even mentions, like, when they talk about the stables, because she talked about, like, Ned oh, yeah. sending guys to stables. She said, listen, I be having people bring my horse outside because I can't stand the smell. I swear I can't. I don't she do like it. it I don't do dirt. It stinks. And I can't. And neither one of those things are better or worse than the other one. No, but she has a very particular That's lane. what I'm saying. So, And that's what She's I'm saying. So, so with Kat, the way she described it, I had those questions. With Sansa, I don't think I have those questions. I don't think that she necessarily wants to do those things for herself. I think she likes watching them and being a witness to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Sansa is like, you know what, I want to take up the manor, the mantle and, and do things myself. I like watching other people do it. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I don't want to get dirty because dirt is nasty. That makes and sense I don't and like she don't it. want it. And she don't understand how Arya is the complete opposite of that. But it's just funny because like, to her, those things are bad. Like You are a lady. You shouldn't want to go do those things. But I also wonder if, even if she's not interested in the swordplay and all that stuff, if she still feels like the way she's being taught is stifling. That's what I think I was getting around that. Like, does she feel like, you know, maybe sometimes I do just want to just hang. And and, and my hang might not be Arya's hang, but, like, I'm hanging with Jane on the steps. We're just chilling. Sometimes I just want to do that. Or sometimes, yeah, I want to snap at you because you're doing the most. Or sometimes I want to feed my dog under the table. They really did just do that, and I thought that that, that's the, I think the reason that I wanted to read that quote, other than the part about, dictating that way that she feels about Arya because yeah. she's being told that and she's kind of mirroring that throughout some of this chapter, really yeah. throughout all of it. I think it was really just another opportunity. I think we did this in the last Danny chapter where it was like, hey, look, here's some stuff that she could do that was just like, hey, this is what kids do. And she got to just be a little kid and be a part of the events that kids get into, which is chilling, staying up late, we eating junk food, and we're watching bad TV. In this case, they're, they're trading stories, and that was it. But, yeah. like, she goes to sleep. And actually, let me not cut you off, because I'm, I'm ready to get into the next day. No, you're right. I feel like she, she the next day gets mad And she wakes up so, so early. And this is why I think I was going to lead into it, because mm-hmm. I was wondering if you thought that maybe she had wanted to. And I actually didn't answer. Do you think that Sansa wants those things for herself? Or do you think kind of what I was saying, where she's interested in just being a little more free than she is? I, don't... I think the thing is, the case data, which is these chapters from Sansa's point of mm-hmm. view, don't directly point us to believing that. Yeah, I think, yeah, sure, she's interested in it so much as she's interested and has a zest for learning. But like you said, I don't think she wants to be a part of that. She likes the stories. She wants to see and hear the stories and see how they fit into her real life. I don't think when she found out that her sister was being, you know, trained by a water dancer, that she said, oh, yeah, me too. You're right. Um, You're right. We don't get that. Unfortunately, we don't get the opportunity to have them have that conversation because so far the only conversations they're having is when they're yelling at each other. (laughs) So, hey. Like you say, Sansa... Um, Ends up getting up mad early the next day because she's excited. That's what, yeah, she's so excited. And she looks out, she runs, and she gets to whatever window she can see. And she's watching, and Barrack and his dudes are getting ready to roll out. And they they getting all their supplies together, and they're getting the horses ready. Mm-hmm. And they got the standards, and she's like, you know, she sees, you know, King Robert's standard, standard of the, you know, 
the 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 stag on the on the, the golden field, and then she sees the you know the direwolf Stark right behind it, and then smaller than that she sees Beric Dondarrion, who he has like four lightning, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, lightning. Well, no, it was four, so it was probably like three lightning bolts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, "Ah, man, that is so cool. This is mad cool." And she directly says that it looked like a song come to life. Yes. So for her, she's just like, "Well, this is how I know." Like for her. I just imagine, like, birds are singing, the sun is coming up, the air is cool on her face, and she is reassured that everything she has been taught, everything she has been told is true, mm-hmm. and maybe it was just a fluke that she was seeing little yeah, things out of place. That was an off day. That was an off day. That was a glitch. Today, we back to we back to form. Mm-hmm. This is what the world is like, because this is what the songs are like, and they are heroes riding out to defeat the monster, and that is what is going to happen. And yeah. I know I've said that exact, like, combination of words a lot today, but it's important. It, that's that's, that's it. really what it is. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, you know. sure didn't. Because she is so into the idea right now of the fact that what is happening in front of her uh-huh. is, like you said, just this is concrete assurance. Yes. That, hey, guess what? It's all good. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if she started getting some Disney. The animals started talking to her. She's like, how was your day? They're like, we're birds. And she's like, that's great. I'm having a great day too, birds. Yep. Enjoy your day. Yep. I'm, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm going to go get some breakfast because today's Skips perfect down. and nothing can ruin breakfast today. Hmm. Hmm. So she thought. Yeah. I mean, you know, she gets dressed. She skips downstairs and. She puts on a nice outfit too. Oh my God. She goes, she, so we'll specifically very much You're right. so get You're right. into You're right. that. But she calls out the outfit. And she's like, hey, this is real good, and it has it has meaning to me. Mm-hmm. And she goes down to breakfast. She sees Septa. Septa Mordain is there because Septa Mordain is always supping, I guess. She Listen, she doesn't miss breakfast. She don't miss no breakfast. And her sister's there, Arya, as if y'all didn't know already. And she is just there minding her business. Well, because Arya hasn't been around. Arya, you know, Arya been doing her for the last two, yeah. three days. Arya and she come back, yo, chilling. what's good? What's going on? Well, so the thing is, and, and I think this might lead into some of that older sibling understanding and mm-hmm. not really getting why younger siblings aren't as keyed in. Sansa goes, well, haven't you heard? Arya's like, what? I don't know. I don't, what am I paying attention to? That's not water dancing. That's not cats. And Sansa's like, oh, well, hmm, obviously you wouldn't have heard because you're not as clued in. Uh, here's what the deal is. And Beric and Darian's men are going to go off and they're going to go stop the evil monster, Gregor Clegane. Hmm. Thought you'd like to know that. You know what was interesting? As she's telling this story, and I wrote down in my, in my notes, mm-hmm. she starts talking about like how they're going to bring back, like, and put heads on spikes and all kinds of stuff. And oh, she's damn. saying it in the most casual way, which is funny because she had mentioned not even, like, a page before of how she really just liked things to be pretty and nice. And even children that are, like, just primed to, to only care about the beautiful in life are so used to the idea that human heads are going to come off and be put on spikes yeah, that it's scary. Grim reality. Like, it's just wild. Because that, to that. her, is just like, oh, yeah, well, that's also part of songs, too. It's just like, well, yeah, sometimes people's heads are on spikes. Well, they have to put the bad people's head on the spikes. Yeah. I think she's seeing it like that. Yeah. And not thinking about the fact of course. that, hey, sometimes good people's, good people's heads go heads on, on spikes, spikes too. too. Yeah. 
and Arya. It's sm- just wild to me though because sorry, I'm. Oh no, no, you're yeah. all the way good. It's just as always. I, I you know, it's wild. I think other than the last chapter, the cat chapter, this is the most quotes I put down for an entire chapter. And I think it's because I'm it's really heavy. just, I'm feeling yeah. this chapter. But yeah. like Arya goes, in direct quote, Arya screwed up her face in a scowl. Jamie Lannister murdered Jory and Hayward and Wilde. And the Hound murdered Micah. Somebody should have beheaded them. Because she's going in about like hmm. all this. Because Arya's like, well, why would they be going after Gregor? Also, who cares? And Sansa tells her as much. I have words, yep. Please tell me. No, 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 go ahead. Because I'm, I'm just like, well, first off, I'm giving one point to House Stark for remembering the fact that Micah died for your sins. And guess what? Y'all aren't absolved of that. And I'm happy to see. And I want to do like a little bit of a, a Micah watch because I want to see if we remember Micah like five chapters from now. I want to know if like Arya is still thinking about Micah. Um, in that way, or if like other things supersede that. Not to say that I think it's the most pressing, pressing thing. Um, I think it's just wild that she sits there and she's thinking of her household guard. Mm-hmm. She's thinking of these people that like she's known and she's grown up with, and she knows these men mm-hmm. like their faces. And she can't understand how someone would be so worried about going after someone like Gregor, who to her, that's neither here nor there. That's I don't care about that dude. I don't know him. But I know Jamie Lannister, and I know the Hound because they personally hurt me. Why doesn't someone go kill them? So, in in here now, I'm gonna pose you a question because this yes. is, these are thoughts I had. Please because do. again, when we are usually talking, and not we, but like when they are talked about together mm-hmm. in comparison and contrast, it's always well, Arya is the more sympathetic. And Sansa's the more spoiled one. Mm-hmm. Arya's the more in touch with the every person. Sansa's the more aloof one. She doesn't really care. Here, we have Sansa telling her, basically, hey, Gregor did a lot of bad things to innocent people. They have to go and get him. And Arya being like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> they didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing personally to me. This These people did something personally to me. Mm-hmm. They should be the ones with their heads on spikes. Yes. And to me, and again, it's not to say that I'm not admirable about her remembering Micah uh-huh. and remembering Jory, but it's the fact that because there are people that, those people in the Riverlands that Gregor hurt are unnamed, they mean nothing to her. They are, they are somehow less important to avenge than the people that she knows. Mm-hmm. Okay. I and got you. it's very funny because for Sansa, her thing is just like, well, this is a story. This is all playing out. And she doesn't necessarily know these people either. But to her, it's just like, well, he's a bad guy and he hurt people. The same way those people, yes, they are bad guys and they did hurt people. And, yes, she does have a little, like, aside about how, like, hey, like, you know, Jamie, like, and, and she wasn't blaming Jory for it. But she was just like, you know, Jory, he wasn't really, you know, my favorite, but it's all good. Like, she says something to offend, like, to, or something to the effect of he wasn't cute or something like that. And I've seen people like, well, look, she hates Jory. And she doesn't hate Jory. She was just like, oh, he wasn't like the cute one like this one yeah, was. She's not thinking but about she him. also was just like, hey, Jamie Lannister, who, by all accounts, everybody thinks is handsome. And Sansa's not like, you know, she's not ever said that she didn't think that. So she knows 
that it's not really tied to what she thinks about as far as, you know, fairy tales go. And she would definitely be on Arya's side, but she's just mm-hmm. like, dude, this is not the time or the place to be really talking about you going, you know, air your own personal grievances or anything like that. And yeah. like the same way that Mordain kind of tells her that, you know, you got to kind of listen to what your dad's saying. She's trying to say the same thing to Arya, but then she kind of gets sidetracked because right after that, she goes, well, you can't really blame Sandor. Cause so she doesn't excuse Jamie at all because she also agrees with Arya. She's mm-hmm. like, hey, but she can't say she agrees with Arya because she has to have beef with Arya because that's, that's, that's their relationship at this point. She's just like, hey, you can't really blame Sandor because he was protecting Joffrey. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And it's funny because she's not a big fan of Sandor. We know that. Sandor also scared her very much. So we don't know if that's also, or I'm saying we don't know. I don't know if that is her trying to, I don't know, settle her own self because she feels kind of like really still confused about the situation that happened between them. So why does she defend Joffrey? Well, she's going to defend Joffrey. I'm talking about why she defends Sandor. She defends Joffrey because that's, that's her betrothed, and that's her, that, that's her prince, and she has to, essentially. Okay. Also, because she's still, she has a really big crush on him. She really likes him. So she's just you. like, you know. I didn't mean that, like, oh, why does she? I meant more so, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Why did she do that um, here? You said you had a question for me. What was your Arya's question? can't. Oh, the, the question was, do you think that Arya was, do you think that Arya was doing a little bit too much by saying that the other people didn't matter. And in this case, absolutely. But remember hindsight is always 2020. And yeah. in, in this case, she has a lot on her mind in relation to the way that she's told to give a lot more care mm-hmm. to the men of the North. Mm-hmm. And then obviously she has her own cross to bear in what happened with Micah. She don't like the hound. And that's funny for a thousand reasons. Cause don't like the hound. I'll be that grum forever. Um, and also I'm about to say out my mouth, his name, and I can't remember if you said it already. I think our count is messed up, but I'm just going to say Jamie once because he should not be sought after in a way that is, is reminiscent of, at least in this case for what he did openly attacking Ned, Mm -hmm. that was wrong. And I think that counts as three. So he's banished again. Um, so Art is getting heated at this point, yes. right? And she's like, well, what do you know? Why you don't have to talk that way? And well, before she even does that, she says, before she gets heated, she basically, like Sansa says, well, you know, you can't blame Sandor for that. He was defending Joffrey. Mm-hmm. And then... Arya straight up says, yo, you lying. You a whole liar. Like, stop. You're lying. Oh, and he's right. a liar. Yeah. And Sansa says, go ahead. Call me all the names you want, Sansa said airily. You won't dare when I'm married to Joffrey. You'll have to bow to me and call me your grace. She shrieked as Arya flung the orange across the table. It caught her in the middle of the forehead with a wet swish and plopped down into her lap. So... I don't know if you want to say anything before I go in. Oh, no, no, no. Please go in because I think it's going in the, the same direction that I'm going, which is uh-huh. this escalates. And I feel like the, the nature of the relationship, it, it deals in escalation. But I would like to hear what you have to say of based, off, based off that quote. Yeah. Specifically yeah, sure. the way that she talks about. So 
again, the way that she's being taught, the way that all the songs go, the way that everything about her entire existence up to this point, she's the oldest daughter of a great lord. I keep repeating this, but it bears repeating. Yes. She knows the importance of her of her status as the the she's going to be the princess consort, she's going to be the queen one day. Mhm. And like I said when it came to Kat and Lysa, they weren't raised to be allies the way that I feel like possibly sons are raised to yeah. be that way. Mhm. She knows that she can say something like that to Arya or at least she's hoping that if she says something like that to Arya it'll hurt her feelings. And it comes out as being very classist and very, um, you know, like pompous. And it is, it is. You think she was looking at her Arya? Yes, Arya like was she, bothering she her, and she. Her? I mean, here's the th- well. I mean, here's the thing. Again, <laughs> anybody who has siblings know siblings irritate you. Siblings irritate you to no end sometimes. And sometimes you say things that maybe you don't really truly want to hurt them so bad that it actually hurts them. But in the moment, you are so angry that you can't do anything. And Arya's screaming yeah. at her. She's calling her a liar. She's calling her a liar. Yeah. Because she, again, Arya does not understand the pressure that Sansa is under to have to defend Joffrey, to have to be in the situation. Mm-hmm. And for Sansa, she does not understand why Arya refuses to understand that. Now, I don't know if they've ever had sit down where she can say it. I don't even know if Sansa herself at 11 can articulate why it is that she has to do these things. Yeah, you're right. So they can't really talk it out. Arya calling all kinds of lies and shit. Sansa like, I'm not going to stand for that. I'm not going to stand for that. And also, I'm going to be your boss one day. And you got to listen to me. And you ain't going you ain't going to be able to say that stuff. Which is, it's, it's the same as somebody going to be like, oh, you, 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 you tough? Come outside then. Come outside then. Okay. And that's basically what she got said. You. She said, one day, you ain't going to be able to talk to me the way that you do. And since Arya had absolutely no thing. more words. Let's think about into this at, until this moment. Sansa has tried to be, like, even if she goes off a little bit on it, she's always taking kind of the higher ground. Where she'll be like, oh, I'll just leave. She's never really gotten her face because Arya... And as we see, Arya don't never give a shit. She'd be like, I don't care yeah, what you're saying. Does as, she yeah. does. She's just like, all right, cool. Like, when she asked her to come, back to, to chill with Michelle and the Queen, she's like, I'm not doing that. Like, Arya has no time. She's not like she's not going to be the one to bow to Sansa's whims. That drives Sansa insane. Mm-hmm. Because Sansa's just like, I want things to be a very particular way. And I'm trying to invite you on, but you just con- you consistently fight me on every single measure. And here you go again. You still bringing up all her pieces. You never asked me how, though. Guess what, girl? My wolf got murked, not yours. Yeah, she really does go you know in what I'm because saying? Sansa deals in diplomacy. Yes. In more cases than and not. So, yeah, she's Arya's like, I'm going to throw something at you because that's how she- Arya is a doer. <laughs> Arya does. And Sansa's just like, I can't. I can't. I can't. I re- she did the one thing. She stopped for a minute. She forgot her courtesy. She stopped biting her tongue. And she gets an orange stone on her face. And I just, yeah. <laughs> a blood orange of that. And that, they stay. That, that whole scene just yeah. happening in real time. Yeah. Sansa, or Sansa, Seth is real quiet during this, huh? She, she at that moment, she's just like, all right, cool. Y'all need to chill. Because right after then, she go like, Arya throws it. And she's just like, look, y'all got to cut it out. Well, she at doesn't this just point, go, you got to cut it well, out. She, well, yeah, she goes, she, y'all got to go to your room. I'm snitching. She goes straight up. This is too much. You have to go to your room. I'm gonna, Sansa's yeah. like, me too? Uh-huh. She's like, yes, you too. Uh-huh. And I'm telling your Lord Father. Mm-hmm. Good luck. So Both before, of y'all. Before that, what, what, do you... Not even before that, actually. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... 
to cut you off. I just get so excited because I'm like, these these are the moments that I live for. What did you think about that exchange? I mean, it happened, and you. I, I think you did a very good job of of addressing the elephant in the room, which is Sansa's pleasantries. Yeah. And like I said, she deals in diplomacy. She understands what routes she has available to her. And most of her civ options have to do with science and civics. She doesn't deal in war. Arya said, psych, I do. <laughs> Gilgamesh is here. <laughs> Boop. Done. So you're shaking your head I'm because you don't like the you, analogy, because you don't because think you anyone have else a plays Jamie No, because you, do, you have a Jamie counter, but you could just talk about Gilgamesh, who, if anybody that listens to this also plays Civ, knows what an actual bane on existence Gilgamesh is. Yeah, that's, a, that's an immediate restart. Sorry, dog, <laughs> not playing with you. Also, Jamie, one more time, banished. Um, I think you really did cover it, though, because it's it's more so about dealing with their emotions after this moment that I think is important. Yes, because yes. we get Santa and she straight up is heated. She's like, this... You know I have a quote. Oh, you do? I Go ahead, hit me with I it. I have a quote. So before she gets to her room, because Mordain does like, yeah, you two, both of y'all were fighting, you gotta go. Mm -hmm. Sansa stalked away with her head up. She was to be a queen, and queens did not cry, at least not where people could see. And I, I literally wrote down, who is telling these little girls? And guess what, we know. And No, no, we don't know. Give me a second, let me finish. Who is telling these little girls, and mm -hmm. by little girls, I mean big girls as well, adult girls as well, that queens don't cry? We're not there yet. We're not going to be there yet for three years probably. Cersei says it a lot. Cersei's, Cersei thinks a lot about the fact that because she's a queen, she's not allowed to cry in front of people. He who must not be named, which I hate that. It's wow, so dumb. don't say it. Just say his name. I only have to say it two more times to get rid of the evil it's on this world. It's the dumbest thing. He's not evil. Stop. All right. Oh, you just gave me a phase? This ain't about him. He can't be here. <laughs> and I'm not going to let him hurt me no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people going to hate you. They going to hate this. That's okay. He sucks. We're not there yet. Okay, cool beans. And when we get there, he'll But still what suck I'm down. saying is he also speaks a lot about the fact that like and 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 it might not be it might also just be a Cersei thing, but I'm mm -hmm. willing to bet it's also a, a queen thing and i yes. wrote to myself like who tells them that queens in particular are not allowed to show emotion and then that also leads me it, it because again yes we're focused on sansa but that just made me think about cersei in a way that like yeah. if we think about other women like when we're doing this we should bring it up um it it then it, it it's no wonder that people see her as this cold and uncaring and you know, unfeeling person. And again, not to say, again, is she nice? No, not particularly. Um, but she's anything but unfeeling. Yeah. But she's anything but cold. You know, what that, that's what they she, tell them. You know, and it's, it's just the idea that no wonder people have this perception because, again, if she has this perception herself, mm -hmm. then, and if she, she holds true to, to this mantra, then people would look at a person like that, like that. She's a whole fucking robot. What's wrong with this bitch? Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? They told her for 20 years, conceal, don't feel. Yeah, and, and that's, she eventually ate it up. And and then what is that doing to Sansa now? Oh, yeah. Because what is that doing to Sansa? All she's Sansa? telling her is conceal, don't feel. 
and 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 we'll see later. Like you, and I think I knew what you meant by yeah, like. Yeah, I think know you know boo. what I was, I was going to. I it think wasn't... that maybe she has been already starting mm-hmm. to have conversations with her. Yeah, and like she probably had, like Cersei is like fifth period. It's just like now you go into your your second school to learn a very specific thing, and that's queen training. And Cersei's just like, yeah. let me give you the real, real. It makes sense that and she would be hanging out with her. You know, it does make sense. Also, at this point, and again, this might completely be fan fiction. Okay. My bad, whatever. But like, at this point, Cersei's not drunk Cersei yet. So this might actually be salient advice. She's not bitter Cersei, specifically bitter Cersei towards Sansa, and she's not drunk Cersei yet. So at this point, she may be giving her the the soundest advice that she possibly could. And based I'm, off not, the not, stuff that she was told, not, yes. Yeah, based off the stuff that she was told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wholeheartedly yeah, believe that, so and I don't fault her for none of that. It's just it's just so crazy to me, because this little baby girl really goes to her room, and she's just sad, and she's just like, well, I can't let them see that I'm going to cry, but what does she do as soon as the door is closed? Oh. She rages. She rages. She's throwing stuff. She rips the dress off, and she's like, this my favorite dress, my betrothal dress, and now it's ruined, and it's done, and there's not a damn thing I can do about Nothing. it. Nothing. Fuck this shit. Throws it in... in, in throws it in the ash. In the... In the, in the, in why the can fireplace. I, the hearth. Yeah. Why could I not remember the word hearth? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You're right. She throws it in the ash, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, that's done. And I'm just going to sit, and I'm going I'm gonna to cry until I'm, I'm done. She doesn't. And then... Oh, no, I, I was just going to ask because I know that she looks down and she looks at the dress and she knows that it's ruined. Uh-huh. She looks down and she sees the red spot mm-hmm. on the dress. And I think my, my question to you was, as always, with these things that George writes sometimes, yeah. I, I see little bits and hints of foreshadowing and, and a little bit of alliteration. And I wondered if here, um, me not you know particularly knowing because I'm a whole dude, but being very perceptive enough to at least know a red spot in a dress is a thing that, young girls worry about right or at least they they pitch at you hey you don't want that to happen to you and now this actually that's not how well well i, I wouldn't know so for I'm everyone based yeah. on my perception of what at least what you see on tv yeah. when they tell you about a, a young woman having their period but like I, I just saw it as like is this kind of like a foreshadowing of a thing to come of her having to deal with the reality of of womanhood before she's ready for it and not knowing how to deal with the consequences of, of what happens next. It's weird. Um, you put it in, in terms of before she's ready for it. I don't yes. think I necessarily looked at it that way. I do see it. I mean, I, it, it, obviously, yes, it's before she's ready because she's, again, not yeah, a woman a in any way, yes. shape, or form. Um, but, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a red spot on a white dress. It's selling her innocence. And, you know, when you flower as a woman, you are therefore, you know, subjected to all of the heartaches that, you know, come along mm-hmm. with being a woman, specifically in this world, in this place, in this time. Um, and, yeah, like we said, the day started off really beautiful, and she thought that was a one-off, but what mm-hmm. she's slowly realizing that it's not, and, and she hasn't yet, and we know that she she will not get her period until book two. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, this is just foreshadowing of the, the, the breakdown of this, of this, the golden veil, as we called it, the mm-hmm. last chapter we had with her, I believe. And just the idea that with this new, with her mind opening, her, her world view opening, and the reality of everything starting to set in, the older she gets, the more mature she has to become, the more just angry and frustrated and sad everything will become for her. Yeah. And I don't know, it's, it's, 
I'm saying I don't know. I do know. It's incredibly sad. Yeah, it is. And very, I do think that sad. it's like and foreshadowing. I don't think that sadness uh, necessarily goes away, and and I don't need it to because I actually kind of like. I'm saying I like, but like I, I will say I enjoyed living in that sadness with her because that felt very real, in into yeah. me to have been someone to have lost something that I've, I've cared for very deeply. And having that like ripped away from you by someone who didn't think that it mattered to you or didn't matter to them enough to not show that show you the same care yeah. to that same object. So in being with Sansa in in her sadness, uh, you know she's been crying for some time, and you know she's probably in and out of, of resting when you know there's a rap at her door and Mordane shows up and is like, "Hey, Sansa, you got to go meet your dad now." And, and, you know, Sansa's just getting up. And I have a direct quote for this, if you would be cool with me reading that. So cool. So Sansa goes, Sansa sat up. Lady, she whispered. For a moment, it was as if the dire wolf was there in the room, looking at her with those golden eyes, sad and knowing. She had been dreaming, she realized. Lady was with her, and they were running together, and... And trying to remember was like trying to catch rain with her fingers. The dream faded and Lady was dead again. And I don't know how you got about that, but like that made me mad sad. And it's just another one of those. One, I had the quick question of what would it have been like had she had another year with Lady? Would she have warred? Of course. The answer is yes, because she was so bonded to that wolf. Like the idea that she's still feeling the way she does. And I'm not saying that she's not warranted in feeling the way that she does about Lady. But she talks about how knowing and how wise and how sad her eyes look. Because all it does is it mirrors the way that she feels. But she also speaks of feeling very free, running with Lady and being in a space where, hey, guess what? We do the things that we want to do at the times that we want to because that makes sense. But you guess what? Just like all these things is very fleeting. Everything is doesn't And it doesn't last for long because guess what? She's pulled out of that. and, And she now has to make herself presentable. To go see that, her dad. That made me so sad too because it was also, it was the, the same thing with like the whole queen thing. And again, her thing that a lady was just another thing about like, or another thing that reminds us that her childhood has been ripped from her. Mm-hmm. Um, when she finally does realize that it's Mordain and Mordain said, hey, are you listening? Open the door, hurry up. And she's like, okay, cool. And she says something to the effect of like, she had to, before she go outside, she realized she had been crying and she had to make herself beautiful before she could walk outside the doors. Yep. And that is heartbreaking because, I mean, you hear that with little girls now. I mean, I know I used to feel that. I have heard little girls in my family say things like that. Like, they don't feel like they're acceptable enough to go out into the world because mm-hmm. they're not beautiful enough. And the amount of pressure that they put on and again, it's not like it, this isn't on people in general, but, like, specifically little girls – People that humans that are socialized as little girls. Yes. There's an unimaginable amount of pressure put on you to be aesthetically pleasing. And you don't realize for what until you get older, but Mm -hmm. just the idea that you have to be aesthetically pleasing to someone other than yourself. Like you can't, it's not enough to just be okay. I feel okay with how I'm doing. And then you learn, you unlearn what you feel okay with in your, by yourself. And I think the problem with, with between her and her sister is that Arya has not yet learned to not be okay with herself. No. Sansa has been in this very short, um, uh, the span of two years, Sansa has learned 
and I say span of two years being from Arya's like age the to her age now, she has learned that there is something that she must craft about the way that she walks about the world. Yes, Arya has not right. yet learned that the way that she naturally is is wrong. Mm-hmm. Sansa is learning that and she regrets it. Like we hear all the time, she gets mad at Mordain for correcting her because she knows in her heart that she's just like, well, this is how I'm feeling. But then she berates herself for doing wicked things. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. saying wicked in air quotes. No, no, I got you because it's not. They're not it, wicked. What, what it's just her doing kid things, you know? Um, yes, but she I, thinks that they're wicked. So it's just that that broke my heart. It really it did. did. And I, I saw that as a, another thing, like twofold. Like, yes, it is the sadness of having to go into the world of the the weight yeah. of having to be a young woman who has to present properly at mm-hmm. all times. It, I, I saw it as a bit of having to wear that mask that we all do. Like us as adults, we get yeah. like, "Hey, here's who you have to be in your workplace. Here's who you have to be around certain friends. Here's yeah. who you are to, you know, even some family members." But in reality, it's just like she has to be like this at all times to all people, to all people, even including her father. So, speaking of, let's let's get to Ned. So, Santa gets herself ready and she goes to meet with her father. Her father is in his room and he's sitting in front of this very large book. You know, she sees that and, you know, she's getting ready to go into her whole spiel about like, hey, I'm actually like, whatever, you know, Arya did such and such. Like, I'm sorry, whatever. We didn't mean to make noise or whatever. And the scepter then comes right back into the room and she has Arya kicking and screaming like, oh, before she did that, when she was just like, the other one is in the other room. Yeah, she's like, here's Sansa. And then she's like, and here's the other one. And I'm just like, come on, girl. Like, she just... She knows how to play the listen, game. Listen, I stay trying to, to find things that I like about her. Um, And again, I understand she's doing her job, so I don't want to keep saying it every single time I talk about it. Like, I was going to say Udella. Oof, that, Ooh, that's how bad it's sitting on my, on my spirit. But um, Mordain, I, I will say this, though. Before we start talking about Ned in his conversation with his daughters... Mm-hmm. I was a little sad because I think the first thought was like, you know, Septa said, your father wants to talk to you. She let her into the room. Ned was there by himself. And I was just like, oh, my God, are we about to get like a Ned and Sansa talk to each other by themselves thing? And then it's just like, no, I got to go get Arya, too, because Arya has to be a part of that. I'm just like, you know, he gives Arya the time to kind of, you know, vent her problems. And by him, I don't mean Ned. I mean George. Um to Ned by herself. Mm-hmm. But Sansa, like you said, we don't get that. And again, I don't know how it is from Ned's point of view. I don't know. But I do know that like from what we've seen thus far, like they don't have no time to just talk about like how much time does he spend with his daughter by herself? Like how much I mean, he spends does he try to get to know with her? I'm saying his daughter as in yeah, Sansa. As in Sansa, yeah. yeah you know, and not much. And from what we've seen, not any at all. And it's almost like he can never just have the time to let her because this conversation could have gone very differently had he had them talk separately first. Yes. Had he, he talked to her talked to and just say that, hey, Sansa, let me hear your side of it. Let me talk. She would have been a lot more calm. She wouldn't have gone off like she did. It would have been a very different conversation. I mean, here's the thing. He really didn't call them there to even talk to them about what they had done. Like, he's miffed about that. Yeah. But you're he's right. more like, hey, I have more pressing issues. So Sansa goes into, hey, here's what the deal was. And I have a whole quote. Go ahead. Because Mordain leaves, and, you know, before Ned could even ask what happened, Sansa loses all courtesies and starts going on. So she's just like, Arya started it, Sansa said quickly, anxious to have the first word. 
She called me a liar and threw an orange at me and spoiled my dress. The ivory silk, the one Queen Cersei gave me when I was betrothed to Prince Joffrey. She hates that I'm going to marry the prince. She tries to spoil everything, Father. She can't stand for anything to be beautiful or nice or splendid. And before we get into Ned's <laughs> reaction, well, there were Ari lots has of a things reaction that I first. No, Ned does. He says, stop, it's enough. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is like, things that I pulled out of her just blurting out, first of all, I'd be big mad if my ivory silk dress was messed up too. I'm not going to hold you. Mm-hmm. Two, we know that it's very, like you said, it's important to her because she got it from the queen. Cersei got her a special dress. And she doesn't say to mark the betrothal. I just had a question. But did they have a ceremony for the betrothal? I would think so. You invite people to that. Also, for that's what that I'm wondering. Like, yeah. Like, was it a public thing or the prince? Yeah. yeah. It, no, I saw that more like a we're going to invite 10 of our closest friends and they're going to have like a little party. They have like a little party. Okay. That's what I was wondering. And like, and y'all will hang out. And yeah. she gave her this dress and she's like, hey, isn't this nice? She's like, yes, this is beautiful. Yeah. And she was, she cherished and that. She's big man. Yeah. Oh, I'd be big man. So mad that's, too. I, she leads in with, hey, this ain't my fault. Arya did this, and she ruined my good stuff. And she's not even being nice because this is stuff the queen got me. Like, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, is are she, you gonna punish her for that? Like, somebody spent money on this real expensive dress, Dad. I'm just saying. And that's like, I don't have the time. Yep. I don't have the time. To which Arya is just like, Hey, I'm big sorry. Yep. My bad. I didn't even know that that dress meant that much to you. Yo, for real, if you need me to, I'll clean it. Yep. To which, and I, I wrote this down. She said she would clean it. She would make her another one, or she'll sew it. She'll fix it up. She, she was, she ran down everything. She really did. And I was so proud of her. And then I was even more proud of Sansa, because I, and I wrote this down. I'm going to read my note exactly. I said Sansa did not have to throw her head back and laugh like that. Oh my god! Shades of Cersei are poking through. So here's my thing. I'm not going to deny that there are shades of Cersei, but is that not just shades of Kat? It's also that too. And that's what I'm getting at. I think it's just something has become unhinged in her. And once again, are that, we calling it unhinged? Well, let, me, let me not call it unhinged, but like like you said, the, the facade yes. has, has pulled back. The veil, she's seen differently through it. Mm-hmm. And once again, we're back at that point where she might have been cool. Had she had Arya not said anything, or if Arya done the thing that she was preparing for her to do, she's like, "Yeah, that's right. Act wild. I know you do that." But instead, Arya caught her off guard and was like, "Yeah, I'm actually big sorry. Um, I don't know how to do it, but I'll clean it. Whatever. Like, I'll clean it. Just give it to me, and I'll scrub it, and I'll make it new." And she lost it. She was really like, "What? No!" And she just let loose. And I think it's. This entire chapter has been the version of the world that has been presented to her versus the reality of things as they are now in front of her. I have a question. question in the back of the class. I do have a question. Go ahead. When you say that you were proud of Sansa, what do you mean by that? Like, do you do you think that was the appropriate response for her to have to Arya? Oh, absolutely. Because I've been in the position as the older sibling, having had something that I cherished absolutely destroyed by a younger sibling who did not care for that thing did not ask any questions straight up concur and then at the end of the day when they know we're about to get in trouble together which i don't understand how i'm getting in trouble because i just said the real like sansa and it's like you just ruined my thing that i care about 
you suck. And okay. guess what? And then the kid goes, well, I can make it better. It's like, no, you can't. You don't, you don't even fathom what it is that you've done. And I get that. Like here, I commiserate 1000% with Sansa. Cause okay. guess what? I had, I have had in the past Sansa energy and I'm not here for it. And I would have thrown back my head and laughed too. Had I had a modicum of her strength and energy those days too. You know what? Good I for w- Sansa. You, 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 Good you've convinced Sansa. me because I, here's my thing. I'm not going to lie. Like, I also now here's my thing. I wrote I wrote down. I'm like I too hate when people apologize when I'm not ready to stop being salty. I did write that. <laughs> um, but I also acknowledge the fact that I was being salty. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like I I was proud because I know that Arya genuinely did mean to apologize. Yeah, she sure did. Um, but you're right though, because I'm again. I think I'm trying to unlearn a lot of those things too. I think I'm primed to be like, well, Arya said sorry, so you should just take just that. Accept it. And it's just like one, I don't follow that doctrine in my real life. Like, I don't like not to say that I don't take people sorry's, but I don't. You can forgive and not forget, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that doesn't um, bring back the thing that was fucked. And up. it doesn't bring it back. You're right. Um, also, I was quick to just be like, well, Sansa should see that her sister's being genuine, and it's just like, well. Arya didn't see that Sansa was genuinely just trying to speak her real at the table before she decided to mess her dress up. Psych. So again, here's my thing. To be fair, I mean, they're both kids and they're both doing kid things. I can't say that I hate Arya for this. The same way I can't say that I hate Sansa for her response. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate and I'm very thankful for your explanation on yeah. that because it's giving me clarity. Hey, fam, there's always room for petty. There's always room I for I don't petty. think there's always room for petty. Like, I literally can't say his name. Without you, you can definitely say, say that. I mean, like I, I've I'm, been making I'm kidding. A joke. That was that was a petty joke. Like, see, oh, see, uh-huh. it comes full circle. Uh-huh. So Ned is like, you know what? En- enough. I don't have time for this. I'm actually, I don't know if that's true, but he's like, I got stuff to do. But for real, I don't care. Yeah, y'all are both going home. Uh huh. And that is just like, wait, what? Because that stops both of them. You? And they're like, no, 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 no. We got a life. We're not going home. We have stuff that we're doing. We talked about Lysa and her thriving. Sansa has very much so taken to Southern living. She is enjoying her time with both the queen and the prince. Go ahead. Of which you know I have a quote. Go ahead. Because they're both trying to state their arguments. Cool. Go ahead. And the first this. thing that Sansa says is, I didn't do anything wrong. Sansa pleaded with him. I don't want to go back. She loved King's Landing, the pageantry of the court the high lords and ladies in their velvets and silks and gemstones, the great city with all its people. The tournament had been the most magical time of her whole life, and there was so much she had not seen yet. Harvest feasts and mass balls and mummer shows. She could not bear the thought of losing it all. Send Arya away. She started it, father. I swear it. I'll be good. You'll see. Just let me stay, and I promise to be as fine and noble and courteous as the queen. All right. So let me let me hit you with a few points first, okay? One, I'm not going to lie. I also wrote down this might have been the smartest thing that Ned has ever said he was going to do. We know it doesn't fall out the way it's supposed to, uh-huh. but I did say that I hear both Arya and Sansa's like, arguments. I, 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 because this is from Sansa's point of view, I 100%, I feel sad, girl. You're going to miss all your stuff. But if this was my child, and I knew the danger that my child was in. I don't care. You go, you'll cry for a day. Yeah. You you can go home. We'll move on. You you'll move on. You're 11. I know what's better for you than you do. I'm sorry. Um, same thing for you, Arya. You're nine. I don't care. Um, 
However, it is funny to me <laughs> that Ned has words, but his immediate reaction when she says that I'll be kind and courteous and gentle, or maybe the word, it was fine and noble and courteous, I'm sorry, not gentle, because no one would ever, even Sansa, describe that woman as gentle. Ned goes, ugh. Like, he shudders. Like, she mentions Cersei, and he goes off. Like, he just, he, you want to talk about triggered. This man is so triggered by the idea of this woman and just everything that she embodies, for good or bad, mostly bad. I see the good. We'll talk about that when we get to Ned chapters. And I don't mean, like, her. I no, mean, no, no, like, I his feelings, not, no, not, not her, the person. Because it's funny, because in contrast, he don't have none of the same smoke for Robert. Ever. Duh. Duh. Today he was like, oh, Duh. maybe Robert is yeah, acting he wild. Yeah, airy his stuff. He's just like, you don't understand the king's not doing his job. I'm just like, okay, one, he's like, first off, these are two kids. Two kids. They don't know what's airing happening. your problems to him. Stop it. But as soon as she says this, he's just like, uh. And this is the thing that gets me about Ned. He tells them you're going to go do a thing. And this is the thing with a lot of parents. They just say, do as I say, not as I do. Yes. She says these words about this woman that he has all of this just just, just rage and, and just all of the opinions in the world about. But he does not sit his daughter down again because he wants to have these group communes so he can get them both out the way. Mm-hmm. He can't sit Sansa down by herself and be like, listen, baby girl, this lady, that's not who you want to be like. I will explain it to you in the best way that I possibly can for your 11-year-old mind to understand X, Y, and Z, or even without going through all these things. That is great. That mm-hmm. you want to do those things. Yeah. We will talk about it later, but I have to have you understand that right now, things are very, very dangerous. Okay? They're very, very dangerous. And in my head, I'm thinking this. This will, I think, lead to events that happen soon, which is I don't think had Ned been more willing to relate to and talk to and, and, and understand Sansa would she have then had to find comfort in Cersei? Which yeah. And then turn, which Cersei definitely, most definitely uses to her advantage. I mm-hmm. cannot lie about that. Um, but Sansa is desperate for that kind of validation and that kind of adult, like, it's validation. Like yeah, she, you Cersei, need Cersei gives her things. Cersei's nice to her. Cersei's everything that she thinks that, you know, cool queen should be. And... Ned, instead of telling his daughter why that might not be the thing or giving her an alternative to that person, mm-hmm. basically kind of pushes her in that direction. So sorry for that being a long way around. But, yeah, I just it's 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 wild to me because she sees all the things that she wants to be because of these stories. And here's a person that embodies these things and has in her mind, been nothing but her. I mean, she told Joffrey to save her from them, them crazy men. She's getting her dresses. She's a bad bitch that walks around wearing the yeah. best gowns. She's cool. Like, she pays her mind, in which no other adult seems to do, unless they're telling her that she's doing things wrong. And I'm not saying Cersei has the best of intentions. I also, I'm going to be honest, for my own personal opinion, I don't think she has the worst of intentions at this moment right now and either, mm-hmm. because she doesn't have a reason to. Now, talk to me in a week when all the, the other stuff comes out and all the other stuff comes and then you know my opinions may change but like we don't get her point of view from right now so we yeah, have no that's idea what she's I don't feel like that's a reason why you should have to apologize yeah. for explaining that that's kind of the reality of the situation as it is right now yeah. and they're besides themselves because they both feel like they're they're missing out so 
Ned is 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 governing about all the things that they need to do to be secure and be safe, right? And he's like, hey, I'm going to charter ship. I need y'all to get out. We're going to have to do this soon, sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I would like to have done this differently, but, you know, Robert's gone right now. He's out hunting, which I, I think that that just has an air of just like, how dare he right now? Like, this is not a time to do this. Like, I'm his friend and I'm in trouble, but like, he can't even question him on that. That's actually interesting to say that because... In that sense, Sansa and Ned are very similar, whereas they both know the truth, but they won't admit it. Yes, And they can see it, but again, the way that Sansa has a picture in her mind about courtly life and just Mm -hmm. what it is to be like in the South and royalty and knights and all that fairy tale stuff, Ned has an idea of what a man should do when he's a king. Yes. And what a man should do when he's your friend. Absolutely. And Robert is neither one of those things. Nope, never has been, never will be. So, you know. And, you know, Ned's going in about, like, all his plans or whatever, and he starts talking about, um, he starts talking about Serio, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you had anything to say about that before I kind of went in. Yeah, so um, I actually, there's a long, long, long quote, y'all. Okay, um, cool beans. Yeah, so Arya basically asked Ned, can we take Serio with us? And in true Sansa form, because she's just livid. She's just like, I can't believe the audacity of this bitch. Um, sorry for calling a little kid that. But I mean, as Sansa, that's how she's feeling. That's, that's, that's just it. Anyway, who cares about your stupid dancing master, Sansa flared. Father, I only just now remembered I can't go away. I'm to marry Prince Joffrey. She tried to smile bravely for him. I love him, father. I truly, truly do. I love him as much as Queen Nerys loved Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight, and as much as Jonquil loves Sir Florian. I want to be his queen and have his babies. <sighs> Sweet one, her father said gently. Listen to me. When you're old enough, I will make you a match with a high lord who's worthy of you, someone brave and gentle and strong. This match with Joffrey was a terrible mistake. That boy is no Prince Aemon, you must believe me. He is, Sansa insisted. I don't want someone brave and gentle. I want him. We'll be ever so happy, just like in the songs you'll see. I'll give him a son with golden hair, and one day he'll be the king of all the realm, the greatest king that ever was, as brave as a wolf and as proud as a lion. Arya made a face. Not if Joffrey's his father, she said. He's a liar and a craven, and anyhow, he's a stag, not a lion. Sansa felt tears in her eyes. He is not. He's not the least bit like that old drunken king, she screamed at her sister, forgetting herself in her grief. Her father looked at her strangely. Gods, he swore softly, out of the mouth of babes. And then after that, he calls for Mordain um, to come and get them because now he's on his detective tip. He got to put on his scruff McGruff. Yeah, you, you know, know, the wheels eventually started turning, so yes. he figured it out. Um, light bulb for Ned, good on him. Um but I, now I know that you probably had some things to say. I know I have a lot, but I'd like to let you have the mic for a second to kind of speak what you, what did you think? What did you gather from what just transpired? Yeah, Sansa, Sansa's livid and for good reason based off of everything that they've pitched at her about what her life should be and should be like. She doesn't get the idea of the impending danger because Ned doesn't present that. He doesn't present at any any point here in this conversation 
about why this is dangerous. Just, oh, it's bad. Like, don't put your hand on the stove. Okay, cool. We know it's hot. But, like, give me a little bit more context around, like, why that's important not to do. And she doesn't like the idea, I think, of being dismissed about what was told to her as these truths that she's supposed to be holding, like, real dear to her right now. I, I'm kind of of a mind to be like, Santa, you're just going to have to take this one, champ. And it sucks because basically we're asking Santa to do the thing that we've been asking her to do the entire time, which is just grin and bear it. And that's kind of unfortunate here. I think that that's very sad. Yeah, no, I agree. I think one of my notes I wrote down, I was just like, she's doing the thing that Kat does. Like, she literally says that, you know, she had she forgot herself. Mm-hmm. And she just screams, which is just, I mean, what happens to a pot that just, it's it's like, it'll blow up if you don't let the air out. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. just how, I'm saying a pot. Why did I go to a pot? But anything, kettle, hot air, a kettle, you. you know what I'm saying. Um, and, yeah, it's just very interesting because the entire, everything she had to say to her dad was a retelling of a story she'd heard once. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, you don't understand why this doesn't fit. And I had, like, she's she's flustered. She's speaking quickly. She's trying to get her points out. She's not really, like, like she's not enunciating her words correctly. Like, she's talking the way I would imagine, like, Guess a, what? an 11-year-old you gets. And she's like, you don't understand, and, and I'm mad, and you got to listen. And, 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 and he's really not... He's not being rude to her. He's not listening to her. He just doesn't know how to also articulate what it is that he has to get across to her as being dangerous. Mm-hmm. And again, here we go with that 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 Nary's and 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 Amon story, story yeah. which is always going to be funny to me because it it's it's a very inverted version of the Cersei and Jamie story, mm-hmm. which is what right now you know ned is kind of discovering it's funny because he goes you know trust me he's not like aemon at all and it's funny because if aemon is a proxy for jamie the whole thing is just well how different are jamie and joffrey yes and you know it's funny because like again i'm i'm not going there yet because that that that's a whole that's a whole episode's worth of a, a of a discussion but it's just very interesting that these things these little seeds that I that I that I'm picking out that I yeah, see. No, and, I, um, it's good that you read that whole quote because it, it moves through an entire thing. Yeah, of, because of her she emotion. needs she needs him to be a very specific way because she needs yeah. her life to be a certain way. And she, I don't even know if she knew about him before they told her she was going to betray. I mean, she probably knew about him, but she never knew him. She never she never thought that she was going to marry him. And this is something that happened very quickly and just as quickly. Her father's trying to tell mm-hmm. her that it's not good and. He says this is a bad match, but he doesn't tell her why. Nope. And he doesn't. And again, she's seen on the Trident what he's capable of doing. But to her, because again, they put all these stories of, of fighting and killing and all these things and made them romantic in these stories. She doesn't see them necessarily as a bad thing. The same way that we argued back in that episode, Joffrey himself probably didn't see it as a bad thing because to him he was doing the thing that knights do, which is defend the innocent, yeah. specifically women. So it's very, it's, it's, it's sad because she's, she's not, she's not given the, the opportunity to kind of sit down. Whereas Ned specifically sat down with Ari and said, Hey, we've come to a dangerous place. This is why it's dangerous. Da, da, da. All Sansa gets is, well, 
yeah, I'm trying to do with something real dangerous. Y'all got to go home, and Robert's not doing his job. So that's all she yeah. gets. She doesn't get the, She doesn't get the sit down in the real. Nope. And all she can do is scream about, like, you told me that this is the way it's supposed to be. Well, that's the problem. And I can't go. You told me. And she, she says specifically, I meant to do these things for Joffrey. Mm-hmm. I meant to be his wife. I meant to have his children. At 11, she's already thinking about the children she has to bear this boy. Because that's what they told her she had to do. Yep. And now you're telling me to go against the things that I'm supposed to do. This whole time I've been defending him because you told me to. This whole time I've been wanting to be here because you told me to. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling me that I can't be here, but you're giving credence to, to Arya? And Arya's just like, well, can he stay? And, and then that goes on to say, well, you know, if he wants to enter my service, then that's great. That's Yeah, he can do that. And Sasha's just like, all right, well, why are you answering her question directly but not mine? You know? Yeah, it's like, always that's this, messy. like, really very dismissive yeah. nature that he has with Sansa. And it's like, yeah, well, you're old enough where you can start asking more questions, but I'm not really interested in answering yours. Yeah. Also, it seems to be easier to answer Arya's. Also, all she cares about is stuff that I probably can control. Cool. Maybe Sarah will be one of my men. Whatever. Yeah, and it's Mordain, come get them, because I got stuff to do now. And of which he need to say thank you or not. I don't know. Because, Who like, knows? you know, and, and he says it. And it's funny because we say again that Sansa's perceptive in the way that they all are. Mm-hmm. And, and in order for her to defend Joffrey, she has to pull at other people who are around Joffrey that are not doing what they're supposed to yes. do. And she's just like, you know, because, you know, Arya goes and says, well, you know, he's not going to be a lion, dumbass. Like, he's a fucking, he's a stag like his dad. And she's just like, no, really, no. actually, read the room, bitch. He's not. He's and not shit like that yeah, nasty like, dude. Like, and it's funny because, like you said, that's her king. She's not supposed to say any of those things no. like that. And she just, was, she she called him a drunken dude twice in this chapter. She goes in on Robin and just like, he's nasty, he's drunk, he's the worst, I can't stand him. Joffrey ain't never going to be like that. Ew. Like, she is disgusted by the idea of Rob Baratheon. I'm just yep. going to put that plain. And that's what it is. Ned don't even, like, I mean, notice bad that. Like, it's just like, Ned, you, you, your, your child is looking at your friend who you think is so great, a king, and it's just like, I am so put off by the idea of this man that I would rather hang out with Joffrey. Like, I mean, everybody's telling him this, but he never reads the room on that. He doesn't, and it's just funny. And it doesn't, it takes for him to be like, all right, cool. Huh. That's crazy. And... I had a question for you before we like move towards the end of the chapter. Yeah. What do you think it was about that that made him think? Because I will say this. I, I do not understand or like the way that genetics works in this world. It's so confusing to me. Like it's just it's it's coincidental. Oh, it has nothing to do with anything. The hair or but whatever. That's what I'm saying. And I'm just like, all right, well, so she says he's nothing like Robert, which in my own personal opinion, he's more like Robert temperamentally. Actually, no. We've we both said that he's like a a, a mix of he's both. He's a mix. He's yeah. a mix of both. But why would her saying that make him think? Oh wait, I think that Joffrey is not Robert's son. Because we had to have some thread for him to hold on to, and because Ned is Ned, stoic and ever thinking. I don't know. But what would a behavior have to do with the child's... Uh, not a not a single thing. Parentage. But once again, I don't know. It's just weak conceits on top of yeah. weak conceits. And he thinks that that's enough to, to use as proof. I guess. And he wants to move forward with that. Because he's like, I've been reading this book, and it talks about all these brown-haired ch- kids. 
And he saw Gendry. And, and he saw Gendry, and then he's like, oh, here's all these golden children. That don't make no sense, because, like, once again, nobody has a... But it's so weird. All of his children, except Arya, look like their mom. Well, that's what I'm saying, but, like, nobody else has a 23 and me, and nobody's thinking about whether or not that's supposed to add up. I know. I'm, I'm just saying, if Joffrey had red hair, ask questions. Yes. Joffrey he, looked like his mom. Yeah, but people are like, oh, but you shouldn't look like them. I think that's the other thing is, like, vilifying particular individuals and being like, well, that's what evil people look like. His like, kids literally look like their mom. Once again. All of his kids all except his for kids. Arya look like their mom. Yep. Nobody was just like, you know what? I think Kat was cheating with Ebbjorn. Like, what? Yeah, no. Also, why would he jump to that conclusion? We'll get there when we get there. I can't. Exactly. <laughs> so the kids, are, the kids are pulled away. Not to say he was wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, the kids are pulled away by Septimordame, and as they're heading down from Ned's room, they are uh, stopping outside of Sansa's door, Yeah, and they let go with, like, one more exchange, right? Yeah. Of which, yeah, so Sansa starts crying. She can't even hold it back at this point. She can't hold it back. And Mordain is just like, oh, stop, stop crying, child. Like, stop your weeping. Your father knows what he's doing. You need to just chill out. It's going to be fine. To which I'm just like, all right, here she go again. Um, but then little Arya comes up, and it's just like, hey. And she tries to comfort her. Cause, mm-hmm. And it is a genuine attempt. I can't be mad at Arya. She's really trying to miss. She's just like, look, I know you're really sad, but, like, we're going to go on an adventure. We're going to have a boat ride. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Sansa ain't trying to hear it. Sansa's like. That's whack. Your dancing master's whack. You're whack. Everything is whack, and I'm tight. Yeah, she's mad tight. And didn't didn't Arya say something like, "Well, you know, we're gonna be back with Bran and Rickon and, and Rob and Hodor yeah. and Nan." And she just like Hodor, and she goes off. She probably would have been cool had she not said Hodor. She said Hodor. Oh, oh, oh. That's why you gonna marry somebody like Hodor. You and again. In reading this chapter, I could see where people who are already primed to feel like certain behavior in human beings, particularly feminine behavior, particularly little girls that are not, Mm -hmm. I want to fight and do boy stuff. And I say boy stuff in the very, the most gender way possible. And I'm not trying to be I play with G.I. Joe's. But the idea that like we have to gender the type of play that children do, ridiculous, but that's what I mean. Um, I can see why they would be upset and why they would say that she's mean and selfish and, you know, they don't like her. Yeah, but they But are, that's a child. Like, yeah. th- that's what kids do. And I'm not saying that what she said wasn't mean. And she should apologize to her sister because she shouldn't. Also, she ain't got to go in a whole door like that. Like, it wasn't Hodor's fault. She didn't have to go in a whole door and she didn't have to tell her sister that she wished she was dead. So... She did tell her sister she wished she, she said, was dead earlier. Yeah, she told her like, "All y'all Yo, can go." Like, I'm I'm sad that it was Lady and not you. Yeah, she did. But I'm I'm gonna be completely honest. Have I ever said some real wild breezy shit like that to my little sister? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, hmm. I have. Like, I, there's been times. But I mean, and 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 she, she would hit me back in kind. But like, yeah, there were times when it's just like, yo, like I. I really, I don't like you right now. And I'm going to say the yeah. meanest thing I possibly can to you. Mm-hmm. And again, they're both at an age where they're old enough to use adult language, but not old enough to quite understand the gravity of the words they're saying. Yeah. So she just lays in. And, and she, and she's like, look, I'm, y'all not going to talk to me no more. I'm nope. my door. That's it. That's all. Slams yeah. the door, bars the door. That's it. I'm done with y'all. So what do you take from that? What do you take from any of I that? I mean, like. All of it was, once again, this 
versioning of a reality that was being fashioned for her mm-hmm. so that hey here's your dream here's your dreamscape and you know she was living there it's it's like it's almost like you know that filter they put on on like television shows like the Stepher Wives or something like that like hey look the men are outside mowing the lawn and the women are inside and they're baking or whatever mm-hmm. it's like it's perfect and it's flitty mm-hmm. and the music is nice and it has this beautiful lens flare and then it's like swipe that away and then right behind it is all like the grime and the dirt and the reality and the lens is dirty and the clothes are tattered and the men they have like the beer bellies and the women they don't look as prim and proper and all that is just to say like hey we treat people with this version of reality that would be the most palatable to them and right here we started getting more of the real and because we didn't see the ground with saying like hey here's how things actually are moving as soon as the rug's pulled from under out out from as soon as the rug is pulled from un- under you and and you go well wait none of this makes sense you're already toppling over and you're like oh shit and you're just going to lash out at whatever's around you yeah. because you're like i need to make sense of this yeah and i'm thinking to myself as a child when i was want to try to get a thing that i couldn't understand mm-hmm. that's how you would do it right so like and again i don't want to speak for everybody because there i'm pretty sure there are some people that have never done things like that in their lives and good on I'm, you I'm good on y'all i i envy that because i don't i don't you know that level you know? of restraint. And that's not to say that that, that that continued throughout our time and our relationship. I would never do anything like that now. I have no reason to. We're adults. We can use words. But yeah. as an 11-year, I mean, we're not two years apart. We're three years apart. So specifically at that time, I'm just like, you are doing the absolute most, and I don't get it. Yeah. And she's and probably like, you are doing the absolute most, and I don't get it. And she was just trying to reconcile that. You know? and, 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 and that's a shame that that's where we leave Sansa. Because I feel like uh, the last Sansa chapter we got, it was kind of like, hey, here's this weird fucking reality that Sandor was laying on top mm-hmm. and hey here's another reality that I'm gonna lay on top of you which is just guess what life sucks and that's where Sansa's left at yeah and I think you put it right where I think I, I ended up the last Sansa chapter she was completely out of control and she had absolutely no words whatsoever but she couldn't she was basically threatened to silence by a, a grown man that was a stranger mm-hmm. to her and could have killed her if he wanted to, and yep. she was very aware of that. The end of this chapter, she has more control than she had in that situation, and she's just lashing out, and she's just like, I don't care if this is prim or proper or not. Both of y'all ain't nobody, because whatever, we all in the same boat, so I'm going to just speak how I feel, because I ain't scared of none of y'all, and I'm just going to say how I feel. And, and sometimes that's how that comes across. I don't think that she truly wishes any harm like she said what she said i don't truly think that she wishes yeah. actual harm. that wasn't like sister. real malicious intent i don't think that she really like wishes ill intent on, or, or or wishes ill on anyone but it's all about where does one feel they have autonomy and control over their own lives and right now she's feeling like she doesn't which it's weird because this is like the weirdest coming of age story of all time because Anybody at that age is going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Anybody at 11, 12, you're going into your teenage years almost, and you're like, this is different. This is weird. I don't understand why things aren't the way that I used to think they are. But hers is amplified by a million because she's supposed to be royalty. She's watched by everything. Murder and mayhem start going on around her. She's used a pawn by every single person she knows. She's ultimately left with no family. Um, and it's, 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 a, it's a really, really dark road this kid is going to have to go down and I and it's starting 
And it's kind of like what we said with Kat last mm-hmm. week, where it was just like, all right, well, this is the beginning of some real awful stuff happening to her. And I think it's the same for Sansa. And it's, I mean, really for a lot of characters. Yes. No, because um, I think it's it's funny that you talk about autonomy because next week we're back with Daenerys. Yep. And it's going to be another one of those, like, look at people all around her making decisions for her. Perhaps. Maybe. Who knows? I, guess. I know what next chapter is, so I don't oh, know. Do I do. Oh, I do. I don't remember. But you like, don't remember the next chapter? No, fam. Oh, I know okay. we're in Vice Dothrock. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess we'll see what happens next yeah. week with with good old Daenerys. I think with Daenerys, the opposite of what's happening to Sansa is going to start happening to her. Oh well, hey, yeah. we'll save it for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for that chapter. Actually. I am very much so. Yeah. So hey, as always, we thank everyone for listening. Yep. Thanks for joining us for this conversation again um, about the things that we thought and felt about Sansa this week. Um, As always, we ask if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always go ahead and hit us up at our email, which is themaidenvaultpod at gmail.com. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's cool. It's an email address at Gmail. I think they got it. (laughs) Use it. Ask us questions. Give us feedback. Send me that fan fiction about Jane. I'll I'll honestly offer bounty. You write me a, a one shot about Jane. Don't even have to be a thousand words, and I will happily reward whoever does that for me. That would be the greatest. I would really like to gobble up that treat, which is Jane in the Red Keep. Yeah. Um, you can always subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting apps. You know, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts, we there. So like and subscribe. Let us know if you like us moving our format this way. Um, I like the conversation we had this week. So I hope that we can continue to have conversations like that with, you know, some engagement from the audience. So we'll catch you again next Monday. All right, y'all. See you.